Okay, Ted. George Washington. One. Father of our country. Two. Born on President's Day. Three. The dollar bill guy. Phil, you ever made a mushroom out of his head? Ted. Just like Alaska. Okay. Um. Had wooden teeth. Chased Moby Dick. That's Captain Ahab, dude. Oh, wait. Remember Disney World? Hall of Presidents? Yeah, good. What did he say? Welcome to the Hall of Presidents. Hi. Brought you guys some food. It's your mom, dude. How's it going, guys? Bad. You're destined to flunk most egregiously tomorrow. Why don't you guys take a pin of rest? Now your dad's going for it in your own room. <laughs> Shut up, Ted. Your stepmom is cute, though. Shut up, Ted. Remember when I asked her to the prom? Shut up, Ted! Two minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11, and this the month of April in the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970 Solid State uh, Radio. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Cavalcade of Whimsy. Thank you for coming along and joining us. It is Monday, and uh, welcome to Day 12. It's 503-733-2970. You want to join us today, 503 503- 7332 <coughs> Sorry. 503-733-2970. Sometimes it just happens so quickly there's no time to reach for the cough button. And you just have to plunge on ahead boldly and with vigor. Uh 503-733-2970 if you would like to uh, join us with your comments, questions, clarifications, kvetches, two cents, uh, your hate mail, your whatnot, your hey hey, your odds, or your ends. Richie Bristol, who can barely hold the phone to his face today. This is the only time I'll ever ask this. Can you lower my microphone level just a little bit? All right. Everything sounds kind of fuzzy. Everything's oh. a little odd today. Yeah, it's weird to wear different headphones. And because, yeah, because you're listening through different headphones today. Uh, Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and not entirely able to pass along your observations today. But he's going to uh, he's going to plunge on ahead anyway because it's what he does. Because he's a game day player, like the men of old. Anywho, it's uh, 503-733-2970. Uh, you can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T uh, at 970.am. <clears throat> uh, Here's what's coming up today. Here's the thing about what's coming up today. I'm not entirely possible, not entirely sure. It's entirely possible. I converged two sentences there on the fly. It's entirely possible that we're talking to Steve Kastenbaum from CNN today, but I, I can't really tell you with any certainty that's going to happen. Uh, it, because it, really nobody was answering the phone at CNN. Just went right to voicemail. So the West Coast, of course, getting priority treatment, as we always do. So Steve Kastenbaum may, in fact, be joining us today to talk about the upcoming Pennsylvania primary, where according to some poll I read this morning, the Hillary Clinton is now not just ahead, but she's up by like 20 points or something. Uh, so we will talk about that. 
Uh, what else is coming up today? Uh, we'll have the top five. I'm not sure which top five we'll do today. We have the top five songs by which you might stalk Sarah Dillon. Uh, we also have the top five songs to which Richie would strip were he a male exotic dancer, which today is sort of an off-putting proposition. Maybe we should let him heal a little bit before we do that to him. Because his, because his face is swollen and leaking. It's a great day. So we'll do a top five of, uh, of some sort today. Coming up uh, later on, we also have a geek watch, penis watch, taser watch, uh, Britney watch. There's an exciting new sex tape that's come into existence. Here's a little hint. She's dead. Here's another hint. She's been dead for like 40 years. <laughs> so it's alternatingly uh, titillating and horrifying. Uh, what else? Big. Uh, today I have... I have four different sets of stuff. So I have a pile of news uh, uh, articles to get you right here. I have a pile of news from last week that we didn't get to. I have all the things on the Matrix in front of me. And then I have a whole series of Post-it notes that I brought in this morning that I have yet to sort of collate onto the page in front of me. Typically what I do is, over the course of a night or over the course of a weekend in this case, uh, everything sort of gets put into in, on, onto different pieces of paper depending where I am. If I'm at work... Things go onto small yellow post-it notes that's going. They go into the front of my legal pad, and then I come on Monday, and everything gets sort of put into one big list. If I'm at home, it goes either onto my BlackBerry or it goes into my, uh, you know, my what do you call it? My little my little uh, day planner that I carry with me, and then it all gets sort of merged on Monday morning. Today, everything happened except the merging, uh, because it, I got up early, got here early, still running late. Uh, and we'll talk to Sarah uh, in just a moment about uh, about her morning, which is even more frantic than mine. So, came in today before we knew it was time to begin the show. So, I have all of these things sort of sitting here on post-it notes to my immediate right. And we'll kind of get to them uh, catch as catch can uh, throughout today's program. In any event, you'd like to join us. It's 503-733-2970. Steve Kastamoff today, Top 5, Taser Watch, Geek Watch, Brittany Watch. Uh, let's see, more details about Rick Emerson, uh, Listener Party 11, which now has a name. I meant to reveal this on Friday and then... We got. We spent like nine hours trying to get that guy to pronounce ibuprofen correctly. Friday, everything. Else. Man, I hate missing the show. <laughs> you really did miss. There we was, just played it back a few minutes ago. But <laughs> we're here and for I, it. I still miss it. No, she, she, she still missed I'm it. Frantically <laughs> trying to get here. Just speeding down, speeding down Hawthorne, trying to get to work this morning. There was this guy who called up Friday, and it, I think I forget. We because of Richie, we were talking about dental accidents or maimings or you know one of the things we always talk about. And the the guy started off the call by saying. While I was on that, now i got to make sure that I don't inadvertently pronounce it right. He called it uh, ibuprofen or something, and we, we got it. We, 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 we wouldn't let him go forward with the call until he pronounced it correctly. And every time he would try to plunge on ahead, we would stop and make him go back and start the call from the beginning until he... And he never did get it right. I think we spent four, maybe five minutes making him say the word ibuprofen over and over and over again. Until at one point, I think... His spirit was just sort of broken, and he went away. Aww. But it was great. No, but the, the, the call, be, but see. It, I'm glad his, you were breaking spirits, though, still while I was gone. No, his loss was everybody else's comedic gain. It really was funny. That's going to go on a year-end best-of show. Um, anyway, it's uh, so lots of stuff uh, happened on Friday. We'll recap uh, some of it today, and then we will uh, plunge on ahead. Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification today. A snowmobiler plunges into the crater of Mount St. Helens. Somebody is beaten with baseball bats by mistake. A Prineville man runs over a tent with his wife inside following a spat. A bartender is stopped at a southeast strip joint. Blockbuster wants to buy Circuit City. Insiders continue to propose swapping Katie Carrick for Anderson Cooper. A man is charged with smuggling lizards in the fake leg. Well, okay. Who can ask for more than that on a Monday morning? All right. Um, 
let's see. When, and I think we have, uh, I may be wrong about this, but I do still believe, I think we have a couple of the Star Wars uh, DVD sets to give away uh, this week as well. The uh, trilogy uh, episodes uh, 4, 5, and 6. So all of that. Uh, joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. You don't look like a strawberry. <laughs> I'm kind of burnt. You look a okay. little flushed. That's let about me, it. Let me show you. All right. This is me outside for okay. 35 minutes in the sun. Wow. Okay, uh, that's a that's a pretty shocking difference, actually. Mm -hmm. So here's so this is because uh, your face looks fine. So Sarah just kind of pulled aside her shirt, and that's like what your swimsuit line yeah, or whatever. Yeah, like my halter thing. Yeah. So your halter top line. So that is when you put it like that. When you sort of show me the before and after. Because you're kind of, I mean, you're a pale person. I'm to begin a very with. pale person. That's only 35 minutes. That I mean, was 35 minutes because I was so determined to, I'm gonna to get lay next to the pool. Yeah, that's it. That's what that has been. That, I've done this, that stupid thing since I've been little. I remember you know, I, got, I got sunblock. I know. I forgot to buy some, and then I'm just like, oh, well, I'm only gonna be out there for 30 minutes. Oh, it won't be a big deal. And I just got totally fried. This was the first day. Um, no, uh, this was Saturday. That because was you're there. really white, and Vegas sun is not like regular sun. It's because not. there's no. Because you're in the desert. There's no. There's no clouds. There's really nothing to filter that. That's it just... was really pleasant though. It wasn't too hot. It was like a really, it was a nice heat, and there was there's a breeze and stuff, so it wasn't too bad. The thing about Vegas is it's sort of deceptive. You don't really realize how hot and dry it is until you've been outside for a while, and then it suddenly turns on you because you'll be walking along the strip or doing whatever, and you'll feel fine, and then all of a sudden, you, you, the switch will just flip in your head, and you're like, oh, I must get inside. Like, water, oh, water. Must die. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Uh, and you can burn, especially if you're somebody like you or me, we're just, uh, we're just all milk-like to begin with. You can burn like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just without any... So I discovered. So when is the last... Now, did you sleep last night? I did. I got, like, probably, like, four hours of sleep, five hours of sleep. Excellent. That's all you need. Yeah. And then got up at five this morning to get to the airport, and we're supposed to... Um, we're staying at my friend Jade's parents' house this last night. You've completely got casino throat going on today. <laughs> I just keep coughing. Um, we're supposed to go there last night, and then um, we had to wait for Jay's sister because she was flying out at the same time we were, who didn't come home last night. And so yeah. we're sitting there waiting. It's like, oh, my God, it's, you know, I'm not going to miss work today. What the hell is going on? And we finally got to the airport, and then our flight was delayed, and so we got here an hour later. So I got a call from uh, from Sarah at like 10 after 10 today. I'm, I'm at the airport. I'm waiting at my luggage. And then I got the call from you at like 10.35. I'm a Hawthorne. <laughs> uh, and so you walked in about five minutes before showtime today. So Yes, and I forgot my headphones, so Excellent. everything sounds really weird. Oh, that's right. So just that's the other thing I found is just as we were getting ready to roll the uh, the top of the hour today, just as we were starting the show, so is it that thing where you went for your keys to open your locker to yep. get your headphones and then you... And, and then I realized that I, I want, it was like hoarding them away in my locker, and I'm like, I'm so smart to lock these up before I go, and now I can't wear them. Now you have, now you're wearing like the dollar ninety nine guest <laughs> I headphones. I really am. They feel so tiny, and this metal part's hurting my head. They're already. like, they're like Walkman headphones, yes, basically. Yes, they are. <laughs> Excellent, fantastic. All right. Uh, well, let's see. Before we do anything else, all right. So we've uh, talked about what's coming up today. Um, uh, tease the news. Uh, we'll. We'll talk about Richie here in just a second because that's going to be a whole conversation in and of itself. His poor face. I saw him when I was walking in. He looks better than he did this weekend. Really? Uh, did you see the photo of what he... Uh, let me encourage you now not to go look for it because we'll have you look at it on the air. Um, the, he looked terrible this weekend. Um, and here's how I know. Uh, so here's... So on... Let me back up. So I knew you were going to be gone on Friday because you were going to Vegas. So Kristen was going to be in. Mm -hmm. And Richie had been gone on Thursday. He was gone Thursday, wasn't he? Because it was, was Timmy Ryan. So on Friday morning, I got the I got the text message from Timmy Ryan saying like, "Hey, you know, yo, what's up? Richie won't be in today. He's terrible. I'll be in." So on Friday, Tim and I were. It was sort of like Kiss with the two original members. On Friday, uh, Tim and I were here, and then it was Kristen and Richie. Uh, and so Timmy? I. Timmy. 
uh, yeah, Timmy, Tim Ryan, and I'm sorry, uh, Tim Ryan and, and Kristen Bowie. And so, of course, I was going all mental anyway because I, it's hard enough for me to deal with one thing being changed, but if, if only half the show not here. So I was just powering through as best I could, and I was, you know, kind of feeling bad for myself, like, oh, I have to come to work and do, deal with all these changes. It's just not fair. Until I got a picture of Richie, it, it, where half of his face, I mean, it's, it was like half of him was made out of bread and had been rising in the oven uh, for an hour. Where uh, is this picture? Well, don't look at it quite yet. Well, you okay. can go to do this. You can go to rickemerson.com and see one of the photos. Okay. This is not uh, this is not the whole the whole thing. But if you go to rickemerson.com, because I haven't updated my blog yet. Oh, You can wow. see the photograph of yeah, that's the photograph of him. The, I think that was from Friday morning. From him saying, "I won't be in today." I started reading the story underneath it. Yeah, his face stop. is leaking I'm going to pus stop right now. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's a. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in that email about how the doctor had to take one of his cheeks and quote wring it out like a washcloth. So that's so that's a lot of fun. Yeah, you don't want to look Why at that. Why do you have to say stuff like that? Here's the thing. Oh, and I can't move because these headphones are super short. Yeah. <laughs> rip them off yeah, the cord on those is like a foot long. Okay. Yeah, you all you don't want to hear what we're going to talk about later, but we'll but we'll do it anyway. Just because you know, we can't edit ourselves for the sake of the people. Uh, so we'll bring uh, Richie here in, in, in just a moment, and we we'll talk about that. Um. Okay, Jesus. So, uh, what else? What else is happening? Uh, we have a name now for Rick Emerson Listener Party 11. Um, and we got uh, comments and suggestions and whatever uh, all through Friday. I do have to say we're going to give a special runner-up. I don't know. If we're, I don't know if he's going to get a prize or just sort of our esteem. Um, but the guy who suggested Rick Emerson, uh, Rick Emerson, and the Kingdom of the Crystal Ballroom, that really is fantastic. And it's so fantastic, I kind of regret that we can't use it. Um, just because there's another name that we went with that was suggested by like a thousand different people, and it does really seem perfect for this. But we're going to do something with that. Uh, whoever I forget the guy's name, but the guy that suggested Rick Emerson and the Kingdom of the Crystal Ballroom. And here's the, the other reason that that's great is because. That Rick Emerson and the Kingdom of the Crystal Ballroom, that is for the party May 15th, and it is one week later that the Indiana Jones film comes out. That's the great thing about okay, it. We are sticking with the... Well, we're not. I think we have to make that the runner-up. Okay. Uh, it's doubly great, though. I mean, that name really is fantastic because it's just one week before the Indiana Jones movie comes out. So we might have some artwork made or, or do something uh, with that. That's a pretty strong second place, the Rick Emerson and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Um, but there's another name that we kind of have to use. Because I would guess probably 30% of the emails that came in were suggesting this. Every time we talk about it, people like people already started creating artwork for this other name. If you go to um, to the message board on the uh, space uh, that I have, uh, you could see that people were already creating graphics and uploading them. Our friend Nate did one that was really great. Mailman Chris did one. Um, and so Rick Emerson, Listener Party 11, happening Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m. at the Crystal Ballroom, uh, featuring the Rick Emerson roast and a series of luminaries. Uh, Rick Emerson, Listener Party 2008, Emerson's 11. Uh, that is the, the name we're going with. So Emerson's 11, happening Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m. And so the thing we need to do this week is to get, um, is to get artwork made for it. So, uh, and as always, if we end up using your artwork for the listener party, if we end up using your logo or your graphic or whatever, uh, you'll win a you know, big pile of crap. So that's uh, Rick at RickEmerson.com. You can send that to Rick at RickEmerson.com. Uh, what else happened this weekend? Is there stuff, stuff that happened this weekend so we can get it done and not have to talk about it later. Anybody listen? Well, I know you didn't, Sarah. Anybody listen to the final Donna Mike show on Friday? I intended to, but forgot. Well, I intended to, but forgot. Uh, it was it was pretty fantastic. It was um, really sad. It was it was it was really. I mean, it was good, but it was really poignant. It was it was 
It was kind of difficult to listen to. Not nearly as difficult as that show he did after his wife uh, was killed and he came back, obviously. But I, but uh, so Don Geronimo, his last day on Don and Mike was Friday. As of today, it just becomes we're going to keep carrying it. It just becomes the Michael Mara show. But um, so he did a whole thing, a whole four-hour goodbye on Friday, and then he did this kind of cool thing where he did one segment with each person on the show. And then they sort of left the room. So he did like a segment, a whole segment with Buzz, and then Buzz left the room. Whole segment with Rob, then Rob left the room. Then he and Mike did a whole long thing together, which is you know it was pretty pretty tear jerking. And then Mike left the room, and then the last hour of the show was just Don by himself. So it was kind of cool. It was a sort of you know had a little a touch of theatricality to it, and it was great. And he uh, uh, and he ended the show with this. He played um, In My Life by the Beatles and hit the post, of course. And did a big, uh, a big, great kind of tearful goodbye to the audience. So it was really, really good. So if you heard that, uh, that was some, that was really the end of an era. Because that guy's been doing that for, well, that version of the show only for 20 years. So uh, as of tonight, the Mike O'Mara program begins uh, 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Uh, with Mike and Buzz and Red. Basically everybody uh, but Don and Beth Ann McBride is coming back. So that was great. And then Friday night was the Portland Cello Project. Uh, at the Aladdin Theater, yes, uh, uh, featuring myself uh, and some other folks. How did it go? How did it go? How did it go? Uh, just, uh, just a little background on this. So there's this, there's this song. I think I can mention the name of the song. I never the song remember. would it be a I song called Geek anyway. Like Me? I never. Yeah, I'm just gonna screw it. It's just called. It's a song called Geek Like Me that is on a record that I made that I can't tell you anything else about. Uh, a record. A record made by me as part of a band who I can't name, which is for sale at a place that I can't identify. So. But there's a song called Geek Like Me, and it had come to the attention of, of some folks, including these guys, uh, Doug and Skip, who were part of uh, the Portland Cello Project. Anyway, long story short, uh, they asked Jairus, uh, who was one of my bandmates and I, to perform the song live with eight cellos behind us. And so we're like, oh, that's, that's completely great. Right on. And so we had rehearsed for it, and we'd gotten ready for it. And then come th- and everybody we know is either dead or dying or has some weird virus in their body at some point. So on Thursday... I got this email from Jared's like, I'm sorry, dude, I won't be able to make it. I, I'm in ICU, you know, and not just I'm sick, I'm under the weather, but literally he was in the intensive care unit. And I think at one point the doctors came in and Jairus was sort of like unplugging his tube, like trying to sneak out. And the uh-huh. doctors were just like, dude, get get back into bed. So initially I had I had decided, to, and I'd sort of talked to a lot of people like, oh, I feel like i got to cancel. If Jairus can't be, if Jairus is going to suffer and sacrifice, then I should not be there either. No, the show must go on. See, but that's my thing. I was so conflicted about mm-hmm. it. Because, you know, I'm a big, like, you know, I'm a big, you don't cancel. You go out there even if you're on your deathbed. You, you give the people what they paid for. But then part of me also, because Jairus is really bummed that he wasn't going to be able to be there. And I, I thought, well, like... You know, I feel like I also ought to sacrifice. And so I had initially canceled, but then I talked to Jairus on the phone, and I swear to you, I told the story uh, on stage on Friday. Jairus was so great. I called him in ICU, and he answers the phone, and I could hear, like, the, the Darth Vader, like the respirator thing, <laughs> that thing going in the background. He has the full-on plastic oxygen mask taped over his face. And it's like a Brian song kind of moment, and I'm and I'm talking. I'm like, so Jarris, you know what? It sucks that you can't. I, uh, I, because I, I felt like I had to let it be his decision if I did it with somebody else. I didn't want to be like, Jarris, I'm replacing you. You are dispensable. Uh, so I talked to him and I said, well, I think we're just probably going to cancel. And he, I swear to you, this is what he did. He actually, I could hear him pull the mask off, and he kind of goes, Rick, I want you to do it. For the fans. <laughs> and that was like the moment that he, I swear to you, that's what he said, do it for the fans. So, uh, so, so in this place was a rose in a vase. <laughs> um, 
so we um so we so we we uh so we went on Friday and this uh a guy named uh a guy named uh Dave Langanis uh accompanied me on, on guitar and we were just the one we were one song out of the whole night they did it was you know, the whole bunch it was like 16 cello players and they did all this great stuff they did like Bach or whatever and then they did the uh um like like the Star Trek theme and then they did some other stuff and then they backed up like Stephanie Schneiderman who was in that band Dirty Martini they did some stuff with her and um Anyway, but then, but then this guy Dave and I got up and we did our did our one song and it was it was actually pretty great. It was, did it go well? It went fairly well. The audience seemed to like it. The audience seemed to like song. The audience seemed to like it. Uh, and you know, I was you know kind of my I was just kind of a dancing monkey like I always am. Like <laughs> look at me laugh. I'm funny. And I did my thing and it, my my voice did not completely give out on me. And I made this observation on and this, then we'll move on from this. But I um I made this observation the other day and it was really true on Friday too. I'm not trying to diminish the song or the whatever, but it really is just like this dumb three-and-a-half-minute song that I wrote in, like, 12 minutes high on Valium one time uh, while in a hotel room. I mean, it, it's not like it's a bad song. I'm just saying it's just, you know, it's a little pop song. It's just, it, you know, it sort of is. It's no more, no less. But then you start to sing it, and you hear eight cellos behind it, and you do realize that no matter how insignificant your art, eight cellos make anything sound good. It doesn't matter. I mean, I could just be up there whistling and singing the Lifesavers jingle, and eight cellos behind it really does make it sound like it's like it's an actual piece of music. So, anyway, so thanks to those guys and to Dave who uh, who assisted uh, uh, on guitar, and uh, to Jaris who could not be there, and to everybody who came out. I met a bunch of listeners uh, afterward who were there who'd come out to see it. And uh, anyway, so so I'm glad I went through with it. And uh, anyway, so there was there was that. Uh, what else? Anybody else go to the Sharper Image 50% off sale this weekend? I bet they took out all the good stuff. They did, Tim Riley. They usually did. They do. I got an email. Huh. This it was, I think, on Saturday. Um, but I got an email from. I guess it was Saturday, Saturday, Sunday. It all blends together. But I got an e- actually, I got several emails in my inbox. Oh my God! There's a 50% off sale of the Sharper Image, and it was just the Sharper Image downtown. But I got the emails to 50% off going on a business sale at the Sharper Image, and so I ran to my car and must must go. Found nothing left but nail clippers. There was nothing there. I uh, I went to the Sharper Did Image. Did they have any of like the the candles look like they're lit? But no, they're not. see, and I wanted those. Uh, I wanted uh, Laura and I have this alarm clock at home that makes a variety of soothing noises as you drift off to sleep, and we kind of wanted another one for the downstairs and a third one to travel with because it's one of the best things we've ever bought. Uh, it just makes this kind of soothing white noise. I and sleep with a white noise every night. It is so good, and it's actually such. It's become such a part. I sound like an infomercial. It's become such a part of our sleeping ritual that now, if we travel, if we go to a hotel somewhere, it, we either have to bring it with us, or if we forget, like when we went to Vegas, we have to turn the FM radio up and put it between stations to get static noise because the white noise has become so crucial to our being able to sleep. Um, and so, and I got these emails. This is a fifty percent off at the Sharper Image. So I run downtown. And, of course, they've got the sad, like, minimum wage guys with the sign, the big foam sign of Sharper Image, 50% off. And it says, going out of business, this location only, which I guess is technically true as of, like, this weekend. But clearly that's going to be a thing that happens at more and more Sharper Image stores, because I don't think they're for sticking. Didn't they just file bankruptcy recently? Yeah. So, because they were selling people a bunch of scam air the filters. Mm. Too. So that one will probably be going to, you want to stake that one out. Uh, so I, I go in, and, of course... I mean, it's really not a very interesting story because I walk in and everything's gone. Every single thing you would possibly it's want. It's already been pillaged. Really, honestly, you know what was left? Here's what was left of the sharper image. They had, uh, they had like a, a thing that warms your shaving cream before putting it into your hand. They had some sort of automated salad slicer, uh, and then they had like a big pair of Bose wireless headphones that I have absolutely no use for. That was really it. 
Everything else pretty much had just been stripped right off the shelves. So anyway, so my congratulations and anybody that got there like earlier than I did. Um, all right, let's see. Anything else that I would need to talk about here in the beginning before okay. we talk to Richie? Okay, so we do have Steve Caston, Mom, and would you like to speak with Jim Ruth about? I just lost it. Please tell me it's about something, something really exciting. Let's see. Um, Jim also has an earthquake forecast presser right now. <sighs> Can we win? Also, LA needs a hundred thousand new homes. Really? Like quickly? They're running out of place for people. Uh, well, sure. Can we put him at like two ten? Yeah, and then right. I I, know, I already know this is a no, but Ed McCarthy's talking about the Masters. No. No. Uh, and then Steve at 11.40? Mm-hmm. Excellent. All right. Uh, Richie Bristol, will you... I don't have the sounder handy. Richie Bristol, will you please... Uh, will you join us here in the studio today? Uh, and we will... Uh, we'll find out... Oh, wow. I, Just, can't, I can't even look. <laughs> Be sure to say that to him. Aww. Look away. I'm hideous. Hi, Richie. How you doing today? A lot better. You're looking much better, Richie. <laughs> <laughs> you look very lifelike. Better than you look at pe- You look at peace, Richie. Um... Uh, so, um, is he at the right microphone? Uh, is that four? Hello. I can't tell. Say him it again. No, I, he's at the wrong mic. Try this one. Hello. All right, there you go. Oh, sorry, I thought All that right. was four. Um, hi, Richie. How are you feeling today? Uh, go for it. Hello. Hello. He's, hi. He's hi. How you doing? Um, <laughs> okay, so uh, l- let me just describe how you look today. Mm. So the right half of your face continues to be really swollen uh, and appears to be shiny for some reason. Is that like a lotion or something you put on? Yeah, I put stuff on it. All right. And then you've got a uh, a large, it looks like a large puncture wound of some kind, <laughs> like in the corner of your mouth, the right corner of your mouth. Sure. Yeah. Um, please now to describe, so just a, a long yeah. story short, so you went in. Wednesday afternoon or Thursday morning? What was it? When, when is it you had to have the emergency root canal? Uh, I think, was that Wednesday? Or Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon after morning. the show? Morning. Okay, so Thursday morning. Yeah. So you went in Thursday morning because your face Wednesday had swollen up and nobody knew quite why. Yeah. And so we were all figuring you'd been bitten one of the, by one of those large mosquito things in the mist. But you went in Thursday morning and the guy was basically was like, get in the chair. You've got to have a root canal like now. Yeah, but they took x-rays and there was no holes in my teeth, so... So what? Is it? So they don't know what it is. No. They, Wait. So they, did they give you a root canal for no reason? No. They said they were gonna, and then they were gonna, you know, they they expected that's what it was. Oh, but mean. did they end up not giving no. you the root canal? They were they were confused by the X-rays because they couldn't see nothing wrong. Okay. So they thought you needed an emergency root canal. They put you in the chair. They X-ray you, and they don't see anything wrong with your teeth. Right. So now, what happened then? And then uh, they drug me up, and then they cut like a two and a half inch. Uh, gash in my cheek in the inside Uh uh-huh and then they started squeezing my cheek like a toothpaste tube (laughs) oh god (laughs) and i still felt it i mean no matter how much they gave me it was sorry sorry look now look now richie i know it's your face richie suffered through living this the least we can do is suffer through listening to it ever this is a mark this is now this is solidarity now um so now, how? So your cheek was so your face was just full of crap. Oh yeah. How? <laughs> how did that happen? I don't know. I mean, do they know what caused it? I think a piece of durian got caught up there somewhere. That's what I told you. Eating that strange... durian was an evil fruit. Wait, we told you not to eat a strange Asian fruit. Uh, so now, is this the hole in the front of your face? Is that uh, how everything? They're getting everything out of your cheek? No, that's my doing. What do you mean? I pushed it with a pushpin. <gasps> you've been self-medicating at home with a thumbtack? Yeah, it was sterilized. So you, would you hold it over a candle? Well, a uh, lighter. 
Wait, let me understand. So you went to the doctor. When is it that they cut the big uh, chunk out of the inside of your cheek? On Thursday. Thursday. Okay. They, and I'm not trying to be horrifying, but I mean, it's... You it's, are. I, I, it's, but there's no way to talk about it without being... We just have to describe what happened. So you went to the doctor on Thursday afternoon, uh, and then Friday, and then they kind of gave your mouth a good squeezing. Right. They sent you home with how many, like eight Vicodin? No, 30. 30 Vicodin, and you, you took like eight and still couldn't sleep? Yeah, I ran out by Friday. Ran out... Okay. Okay, Brett Favre. Uh, and so on Friday, you were just like, there's no way I can't come in today. Yeah, in the morning, they said, come back in the next morning. All right. And you came back. I came back. He started prodding and looking at it and poking and squeezing and said, you know what? Uh, I didn't do very much for you. It, it got bigger. Right. And so he said, uh, I'm going to send you to an oral surgeon. Uh-huh. So, so when did now. you go to the oral surgeon? He said, now, leave here and go there now. <laughs> go there immediately. Don't yeah. waste another moment. Yeah, so I, I go, then I go over to the oral surgeon, and she was looking at it, and she gave me like three or four more scripts for stuff. For like antibiotics yeah. or whatever, yeah. And started warning me about if it spread down here, Ugh. and that I need to go to emergency. They emergency. want to squeeze your throat. Right. They said it'll cut off your air passage and That's no good. swell up. Do they know why this started happening? They were trying to look, but they couldn't pull my face too much. Because <laughs> you, you were just going to come apart like a bad pumpkin? Well, every time they pulled it, <laughs> stuff would come out and they'd have to suck my face. And then... <laughs> hey, Richie, let's get, get in here. Let's suck face. So they just gave up. Sarah's actually just putting her head in her hands. They couldn't touch you because stuff would keep coming out. That's, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. Um, all right. And so when is it that you decided to, because um, they were doing it very carefully medically, where they would open your mouth and they would make an incision in the inside of your mouth to let the um, pus come out. Uh-huh. At what point did you decide just to start jabbing yourself with a thumbtack? Well, you know, I constantly look in the mirror because... It's great. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kind of, I was great. worried, actually. Yeah, because Aww. you want to make sure that it doesn't go swell again. Right. right. And then I got a bubble right here. Uh-huh. It was like a bubble, and you could see through a see-through bubble with yellow on the inside. Okay, I can't handle much more of this. I'm sorry, Richie. I love you, but... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think I'm going to have lunch right now. <laughs> yeah, okay. I just finished cooking my lunch. Let's skip to the bottom of the page. So you took a thumbtack uh-huh. and just sterilized it in a lighter and then went to work on and, your own face with a thumbtack. Yeah. Right. How'd that work out? Did it work well? Had the desired effect? Uh, yes. Oh, my God. Wait, wait a minute. Is this... Yes. Oh, Rick, be careful. No, 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 no. Is this... Because I didn't look at it. Is this the YouTube video that you posted? Yes. So there's a YouTube video of this whole process that you put online. Yes. See, because I saw it last night, but I got it as I was on my way out the door to do some other stuff, and I haven't got a chance to look at it. So you posted a YouTube video of you uh, doing all of this home surgery on the swollen part of your face with a thumbtack. Right. Is it awful? It is bad. Is it the worst thing ever to watch? Yeah, it's two fingers, one Richie. <laughs> okay, we have to make somebody, not us, watch it. Uh, okay, so that's the thing. So, Sarah, by the end of the day, we have to get somebody in here to watch that. Yeah, don't even watch it if you have a weak stomach. No, no, no. It's <laughs> done and done. Uh, so we'll have to find somebody to watch that. Uh, another, because you know it's been too long since we've done video rodeo. I thought after two girls, one cup, we'd never, we'd never have anything sufficient again. <laughs> but you're, th you think it's, but it's revolting to watch. Yes, very. very. Okay, excellent, fantastic. <laughs> All right. Well, I went to the doctor this morning. She told me to go to emergency. When? This morning. 
So you what went to the emergency room again this morning? No, she she was she... looking at it and she was feeling around and stuff. She goes, "Oh no!" And I was like, <laughs> "That's what you want the doctor to oh, say, god. not I have an area of concern oh. or there's something we might want to look at." Oh god! Yeah, and she's an Asian lady too, so she barely speaks English. But she, oh no, you swore right here. You full of death. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And she's you also you go emergency and I and I start feeling around and I'm like, that's not swole. That's my fat. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> she went, what? And she you looked... thought you were swollen, but you're really just obese. So I grab my gut and I go, fat. <laughs> See my chin? I go like this with my chin. And she started, she started blushing. The, and her. What kind of Asian was she? Uh, Japanese. Okay, so the, 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 you, it's not like you had a lot in common. Like no. you, couldn't, you couldn't speak, you couldn't, uh, because you didn't speak very much English, you couldn't really explain to her yeah, I grabbed my what dad. was going on. But <laughs> so you had to actually grab your gut and go, this fat. And then grab your chin. This also fat. Fantastic. She's embarrassed. Uh, so, Arisa, how are you as of now? Uh, I'm feeling lots better. On the mend, do you think? Yes, because I'm not on pain killer, killers. And swollen, swelling going down? Yes. All right. And I was worried because it was getting really hard. And I was thinking of permanent damage. I was like, right. you know, yeah, you don't want to better care of myself. Seriously. Oh. And so, they, so they don't know what it is? They still don't. But it's but the swelling's going down though. Yeah. All right. She's been looking, and they're gonna look when it when they can pull on it. This out. is just like that. Uh, this is just like that episode of Night Gallery where that earwig legs, uh, lays eggs in that guy's head. All right. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we'll check back okay. in with you later on in the in the show. So, okay. All right. Thank you, Richard. Don't watch the video. It's gross. No, no, no. We're gonna have somebody else watch it for us. Wonderful. All right. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Let's see. What time is Steve Cast? Eleven four. We should probably break then. Um, all right. So don't forget, Rick Emerson, Listener Party 11, Emerson's 11, happening Thursday, uh, May 15th, 8 p.m. at the Crystal Ballroom. Uh, get your artwork in now, and if we end up choosing your artwork, logo, whatever, uh, for the party, you'll win uh, our esteem, honor, you know, salutations, and, uh, of course, a big pile of crap as well. It's 503-733-2970. Still to come, uh, Tim Riley, top five. Steve Castenbaum around the corner. Uh, we got the greatest thing ever emailed to us this morning. We'll play that later on. And uh, we'll have another exciting installment of Rick Emerson's Video Rodeo as somebody watches Richie doing home surgery with a thumbtack. Stay there. Back after. Radio program is 503-733-2970. Thank you for coming along. Here's what's coming up later on today. Uh, Tim Riley from the Ministry of Truth. So great. I just walked by Tim who's eating his lunch in the kitchen. And Tim, I walked by and Tim just goes, Richie is gross. <laughs> like the, the only phrase that came out of Tim's mouth. <laughs> I don't know. I feel so uh, sorry for Richie, but it is kind of gross. Oh, no. I mean, Richie's fully. Look, Richie's the one who filmed himself. Uh, jabbing his okay, face no, with no, the no, pushpin. No, no, I'm not going to be gross. I'm okay. just saying jabbing his face with a pushpin and then sticking it on the net. Apparently with some sort of, you got to watch this. I have not watched it, by the way. FYI, nor shall I. Um, we'll we need to figure out who we're going to get to. Well, it. maybe it should be. Who did we have watch the two girls one cup uh, James, video? but you didn't give that good of a reaction. No. Maybe Becca. Mm. Maybe Becca, because she watched those horrible PSAs. 
Uh, the uh, where the Canadian, Canadian woman is one. burned by all the grease in the kitchen. Um, or we could have a listener. Didn't we have a listener come in to watch the two girls one cup thing? Some girl. Yeah, the girl. The Penelope. Um, Penelope. That's her name. That Richie was hitting on. And uh, and uh, and we gave her some sort of a prize or something because she made it all the way through. All right. Uh, in any event, so we'll do video rodeo later on. Today's top five. Uh, Jim Roop coming up later on in just one moment. Steve Castamon will join us. Uh, what else do we have coming up? Uh, I I didn't get to this on Friday, so we have this to get through today if we have time. It's kind of a busy show already, but uh, we have some of the commercials that I cut uh, when I was a young DJ. Uh, when I, I was like 16, 17, 18. I never got a chance to get through it on Friday. So some of the bad crap from my old production reel. And then we have a listener who sent us, like, the best thing I've ever heard. But it's like three and a half minutes long, too. So I don't think we have time to do it now. We'll do that later on. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. From New York City, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Hey, I'm uh, in lovely eastern Pennsylvania today. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot you were in Pennsylvania. How are things, brother? How's life? Pretty good. I'm actually driving back from uh, the Harrisburg area, the capital of the Keystone State. I was in Grantham, Pennsylvania at Messiah College for the Compassion Forum featuring Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama last night. A Compassion Forum sounds like it ought to be some sort of sketch on SNL where everybody just gets together wearing an Angora sweater. You know, and they just sort of they sort of pet kittens and, and sort of talk in a really low voice about things. I really don't understand why they call it the Compassion Forum. It was supposed to be about, uh, you know, their personal faith and their belief in God and, and what role that plays in their uh, decision-making process and in the choices they make in public policy decisions. Uh, so I don't know where, you know, I'm not exactly sure where compassion, like, fit into this. I mean, I understand where it fits in when it comes to faith, but, you know, are, are they trying to say that, you know, uh, maybe Barack and Hillary might not have had compassion. I mean, come on. Well, clearly, clearly Hillary doesn't have. She, Hillary would have to be a human first to have any of those actual emotions. So it's all she can do to pretend to cry. So I think asking <laughs> asking her to manifest actual feelings for other human beings. You know what it is? Hillary is sort of um, Hillary is to uh, politics as the Schwarzenegger Terminator, mo Terminator model is to like the T1000. You know what I mean? It's yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like he, like she can kind of pull it off, but not entirely convincingly. But in ten years, there will be some advanced version of the Hillary bot uh, that can cry, have bad breath, uh, will be able to tell jokes, will be able to juggle while riding a unicycle, and uh, will be able to regenerate when blown into a million pieces. So just like, <laughs> FYI. Um, so let's talk a, a little bit about this big story over the weekend. And when I say big story... I don't really know if it's a big story or if it's a big story just to people who sit and obsessively refresh the Google News page to, to follow the presidential campaign. Um, but there was this thing that Barack Obama said, I do believe while in San Francisco, and he said he was talking about sort of middle America, small town, kind of John Mellencamp voters, and he made some statement to the effect that they're, uh, they're feeling uh, angry and embittered, and so they are clinging to religion and guns and such and mm -hmm. such and such, which immediately McCain and Hillary both pounced on as something to try to paint him as an elitist. Am I sort of getting the story right? That's basically it. They they, they called him an elitist. But Hillary Clinton really went at him saying, you know, that's been the problem with the Democratic Party for for too long, that they've, they've looked down upon this part of America and that they just don't understand these Americans, but uh, she obviously does. And, uh, you, know, you know, so Barack, uh, uh, you know, last couple of days and last night and today has come out and said, you know, They've misconstrued my words, and this is a great example of how uh, 
politics can can really distract from the issues that are really at stake here. And uh, you know, he tried to explain what he was trying to say. And, he, and uh, you know, as far as the issue um, involving people embracing or clinging to religion when they become bitter, and he was saying that you know, look, they're disenchanted with their elected officials and. When they've got nothing left, when when they feel like their elected leaders aren't listening to them, they turn to the things that they have left, and that's their families, their tradition, and religion. But uh, he didn't seem to explain away the remark about uh, clinging to basically uh, a, almost almost a, a fear of, of immigrants and 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 then a borderline racism towards immigrants. He didn't he didn't even mention that part of the comment. But yeah, he made the he made these remarks while uh, at a fundraiser in San Francisco. So you know, even Barack Obama you know, can uh, sort of uh, pander to the audience that he's with at the time. You know, he's not immune to this. When you're raising funds, you say things that you think the people you're trying to get money from want to hear. Well, and, you know, it's one of the old things they say in um, – it's one of the old things they say about uh, uh, about salesmanship is that the first thing you do is you talk to people the way they talk to you. Uh, and so, you know, so, so they would always say if you're cold calling, if you're a sales guy, they would always say, look, if, and they would always use these extreme examples where you knock on the door and some longshoreman answers. But when a guy answers the door and he talks maybe in, in uh, you know, in a sort of, uh, one might say, kind of a cultured or educated fashion, you talk to him the same way. If a guy answers the door and he has kind of a more uh, sort of rough around the edges you know, vocabulary, then that's the way you talk to him. You always talk to the crowd the way the, ta- the crowd themselves talks. And so that's a little bit of what he was doing, and you, you really can't argue with some of what he said. You know, like when, you know, when people uh, are broke or unemployed or scared or whatever, that they do, it is easier to use wedge issues to divide them. Uh, that being said, this does sort of uh, tip the hand about how the Republicans will probably try to nail this guy if he's the candidate in November, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think so. And, uh, but he, you know, he was saying last night that, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with what I said. He says maybe the word, uh, bitter and clinging to religion might not have been the best two words, you know, to use in one sentence together. But he was saying, you know, I don't think it's bad that they, that they cling to religion when all else is going bad. You know, what's wrong with saying that? And, uh, he sort of turned the tables on Hillary Clinton saying, you know, you know, she should know better here. Uh, you know, she's, uh, com- coming out of Washington and then sort of representing the status quo here. You know, she should know better than to, to talk about this, uh, you know, essentially saying she was hypocritical in, uh, you know, uh, in coming against him on this when, when uh, apparently he believes she's been pandering, you know, to, to folks. Here's the yeah. sort of, okay, here's my inner Dick Morris sort of coming out. That sounded strangely profane. Uh, so here's exactly how the Republicans do this, just in terms of like a, uh, just for my inner political strategist. Here's what the Republicans do. So they've got, the, was this on tape? Was this was this videotaped him saying that when they cling to guns or religion? Yeah, basically what happened was a blogger was recording him while he was at this event that the press was uh, not at, and, you know, it somehow got into the Huffington Post uh, blog, so, and that's, that's how they wound up with this, yeah. So here's what the, here's the ad the Republicans run. They just have uh, the black screen, white text, and then that one guy that does the, the voiceover, you know, for, for like every political ad ever. The guy would come on and Senator Obama says that Americans, and then it comes on the screen in quotes, Senator Obama says that Americans cling to guns or religion. Senator, Americans believe in the Second Amendment, and they believe in religion. The question is, what do you believe in? There you go. Hey, 
Have you signed on with the McCain campaign? I'm that's, telling that's you, man. Good. See, it's the, the, I have the, it's a frustrating thing that I have. Uh, you know, I only have abilities at things I can't really use or make any money on. So, uh, I think you, I think you were too good as a political consultant. That was pretty good. Uh, to, well, yeah, it's, who knows? I mean, the, that Spanish format is always lurking around the corner here in Portland. So, you know, I may, I may get the chance. Um, <laughs> Let's see. You can go. Uh, you can go help my friend's campaign. A uh, guy who's running uh, there in Portland for for some elected office. I got who's, a friend of mine. What's uh, who's your friend? Uh, Jules Copel Bailey. Tim. Jules Bailey is running for uh, I think like I think like some sort of a assembly district or, or city council. I can't remember exactly what he's running for, but I know because he went to Princeton here. All right. Wait. Only if I get to run everything like Lee Atwater. Only if every single campaign act can just be, you know, his opponent kills, uh, you know, puppies and dr drinks the blood of children. You know, just ev if I can do the every ad has just got to be the most negative thing I can possibly imagine. Um, yeah, you should, you should give him a call. Tell him I told you to give him a call, and you're going to run his negative ad campaign. Excellent. His his opponent has enemies buried in the city landfill. Do we want a man like that as city commissioner? Uh, Tim Riley has brought up something here. So apparently. So, Tim, what is this video that I guess FoxNews.com was running and then they've now removed? This is... It was a video of Hillary Clinton drinking shots of beer and eating pizza. But now it's been removed? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that never has occurred. Off. I'm sorry, Steve, go well, ahead. Uh, I was going to say, Barack was talking about that, you know, today, talking about, oh, here she is, you know, trying to bond with the everyday guy now yeah. as she attacks me for... for Coming out against the everyday guy. Didn't she start like talking that. about how she fired a lot of guns in her life? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Actually, she talked about, uh, I don't remember if it was her father or her grandfather taking her out to, to shoot guns. Uh-huh. Whatever. I do love the idea that as soon as uh, Barack Obama is sort of perceived to be kind of dissing on the working man, that immediately a stretch, get Hillary into a bar, now! You know, it's a stat, I need beer! And then it's just that, like that's your camp. That is just how ridiculous American politics are. People sometimes accused uh, accuse me uh, or the show, but certainly me, of being sort of nihilistic or just or just having no hope and faith in the American political system. But how how can you really when when that's how things work? Uh, that Barack Obama makes some observation about the stat about the, the status of the American working man and sort of. The mood of the electorate and Hillary Clinton's response is to immediately get into a bar and start drinking beer on camera. I mean, it's just—it's impossible to take seriously. So there's no point. So we don't. All right. Yeah, you know, she's got she's got troubles. Her, her numbers. I mean, uh, even if she uh, you know pulls off a victory here in Pennsylvania and that that is in the double digits, which she's not likely to do here. You know, she she's not gonna. Uh, and end the campaign uh, on a victory, so she'll continue on after Pennsylvania because she's likely to win this state still. And then uh, you know, and then we go on, and and then we've got a couple more primaries here. And, and you know, she's not going to let up, even though she's she's way behind uh, Barack Obama in the popular vote by hundreds of thousands of votes right now. Uh, and she tries to make all these arguments that well, I've won the bigger states, but even if you take those bigger states into account, she's still behind them overall in the popular votes, in in the pledged votes. I mean, in the pledged delegates and. Uh, she's, she's, um, you know, but she keeps champion, championing on here and kind of, you know, not clear why. Just, just as a side note before we go here, I know, I know we're over time, but, um, so I guess Fox News for reasons 
passing understanding. I mean, who knows why they do anything. Uh, they've taken down this video, but on YouTube. And they're lined up shots of Crown Royal, and Hillary joined in the fun. Oh, it's Crown she Royal. a small sip at first before deciding to throw oh, back my. the rest of the delicious 80-proof blended Canadian whiskey. Oh, that's fantastic. So it's just... the photograph we're going to show you. She did there we go. the shot. A good long look. A cross-eyed look, it appears, before <laughs> drinking it. She so there you go, sir. It's where she sips a little bit of it and then throws the whole shot back. Fantastic. Wow. Excellent. I'm impressed. Good for you her. You know, she probably had some practice, uh, you know, from her days in the White House. I was just going to say, like, let's say in the years 98 and 99. <laughs> yeah, you think that's the same bottle that uh, she cracked open uh, during uh, her husband's uh, troubles? Yeah, well, she, uh, you know, maybe she uh, maybe she and Katie, Katie Dukakis just got together. And... Anyway, uh, <laughs> all right, uh, Steve, are you on tomorrow? Uh, I I will be at some point. I'm driving back now. I did a marathon drive out to uh, the Harrisburg uh, region. You're the only station I'm on this afternoon. I, I've given you my, my sole attention because Excellent. I'm heading back into the city with like a three-hour drive. You know, the Crayola factory is here in Easton, Pennsylvania. I'm contemplating uh, a little drive-by. Benny, Benny Smith, my friend, that's, uh, that's as heartland as you get right there. Should I get you uh, the 64 uh, crayon pack? With, with, the, sh with the sharpener, because I never had that as a child. I knew uh, someone who lived in that town, actually, and it was so weird to hear somebody talking about living in the, the town with the Crayola, because it was like General Motors in Flint. It was just like Crayola like owned that whole town, which is funny, because and she would talk about how Crayola occasionally would threaten to lay people off, or they'd threaten to bust a union or whatever, and the whole town would, would sort of quake in fear, which is kind of great, because you picture the whole town being made out of crayon and like... Like a McDonald's playland. Little crayon pillars. Totally. Everywhere. But, yeah, like the Crayola union boss or, you know, the Crayola G, the CEO coming out. But he's sort of like a funny little cartoon guy going, I'll bust the union. You'll all be unemployed. You know, after driving around here, I'm expecting to see houses like uh, in Burnt Sienna and all those other <laughs> lovely colors. I'd like a house in uh, Burnt Umber, please. All right. Uh, you know, I really want to do. I want to do a regular segment on your show. I, I got to see if we can get uh, Tyler Moody to agree to this. Just let me drive around the United States and just check in from various cities that we know the names of, but we really don't know much about. You can be the Rick Steves of random places on the map. There you go. All right. Well, I'll uh, I'll drop a proposal. We'll uh, we'll get that off to corporate. I'm sure we can get some funding for this. What do you think? Oh, sure, absolutely. Well, you know what? America needs a new Charles Carroll now now more than ever, Steve. And by the way, I can confirm America does have a weight problem. Can I just <laughs> can I just ask you this? Is it just like you just have? Well, I guess you don't have anywhere else to be. We're the, we're the only shot. I, Rick, I really have nothing to do. I mean, I'm just driving back to New York. Sarah and I. Well, because here's the thing. If I can just do a little shop talk, that Sarah and I have grown very. Um, aware in the last few weeks that sometimes we go over with the correspondence. We, just, we take too much time, or I take too much time. And so I've gotten very used to keeping an eye on the clock so that I don't, uh, you know, cause anybody else's live shots to be uh, right. to be whatever. And so this whole thing, I'm keeping an eye on the clock. I'm like, okay, i got to make sure to let Steve go in time for whatever else he's going to do. And it's so great because you have that tone of, tone of voice. Like, clearly you have, there are no other plans for your day. <laughs> I, mean, no, I I have to meet somebody for dinner uh, in, like, four hours. That's about it. <laughs> Well, let me clear the decks, Steve. You know, it's uh, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll always let you know at the beginning of a live shot if I, if I, you know, got to keep it short. But hey, man, I'm just sitting here outside of Wawa right now, waiting to get a get a cup of coffee. Well, maybe we'll check back with you later on in the program. I'll let you know uh, what how traffic is like uh, getting to the Holland Tunnel. How's that? Please do, my friend. All right, have a okay. safe drive. We'll talk to you soon. So long, guys. There you go. There's Steve Kastenbaum. Wow. I love it when people show they're crazy. Seriously. Could you, Sarah and I kept looking at each other like, doesn't he have to go? And then I guess not. He just <laughs> clearly, it was like one of those five-hour... about this red car in front of me? <laughs>
It was like one of those old seven-hour Bruce Springsteen shows where clearly he just had nowhere to be. Totally. Well, I'm so used to him always wanting to get off, too, because he'll be on for like three seconds and say, I've got to go, Rick. I've got another live shot. Wow. Uh, let's see. Um, Rick, what the hell? Blended Canadian whiskey. What kind of American presidential candidate is Hillary Clinton? Uh, let's see. What else here? Um, yeah, Canadian whiskey. Somebody's noting a Hillary. Grab a Jack Daniels already. All right. That's what that was my drink of choice in Vegas. Crown Royal or Jack Daniels? Jack Daniels. Yeah. Because we because you know you don't want to pay for money, so we would just basically we carry around whiskey with us everywhere we went. The first night was Jim Beam. The second oh, you just night bought it and then just carried it with yeah, we you. We just bought it because we um, at our hotel at the Wild Wild West, which yeah. is the greatest was hotel. Was it great? It was amazing. I had the greatest time ever. We stayed with um, you know there are all these kids our age. Um, there the pool was open 24 hours a day. You, yeah. know, you could you know of course drink and do whatever anywhere. It was so much fun, and it was. Um, Complete 70s. I feel like I was in some David Lynch-esque time yeah. warp where I'm looking at this strange-shaped pool, you know, with palm trees everywhere, and I can see the strip off in the distance. Totally. It was amazing. And uh, so now what all did you guys do while you were there? Oh, God. I'm, I'm just trying. Yesterday we went on um, a roller coaster. We went on the, uh, the roller coaster at the Sahara. Yeah. That was messed up. And I don't, we, I don't know. We gambled and went to clubs and... You know, they had walking beers. Did and you gamble? Everywhere. I did the slot machines. Yeah. I'm crazy. Penny slots? Nickel slots? Quarter? Nick, uh, nickel and quarter. Where at? I kind of stayed everywhere. Like we went, yeah, we did them yesterday. We went to Treasure Island. Went and saw the Wynn Casino. How, Holy how God. badass is that? That is the most beautiful thing I've yeah, ever seen. The Wynn is unbelievable. That's what we gave away? That's what we gave a trip to. Spam a lot at that and two nights. Uh, at that place. Life is not fair. How great is that? Yeah, and of course, we don't get to go, by the way, I should drink. we don't get to go there at all. I had to like... Jessica and I went and hung out in the bathroom because it was the nicest bathroom we've ever seen. I'm like, <laughs> nicer than your house. The yeah. stalls were made of pure marble. The bathroom stalls were the doors, the sides, everything. They all had these like brass, beautiful like knobs on I them. I wish I thought of that. I should have whizzed it to win. Yeah, we totally... Because I, I didn't even have to use the restroom and, um, and Jessica ran out and she's like, you have got to go in that bathroom. She's like, pretend you have to pee or something. Go in there. Yeah. It was amazing. It's, and how about that store? Did you go through the little rotender or whatever was, they call it? I was it? too it was... depressed. I was too depressed. It was too... It's just like you just feel fat and poor and dirty. Yeah, and... you didn't walk by the store where they were selling a $25,000 cell phone that was covered in diamonds. Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> like one of those um, one of those uh, uh, Kimura Lee phones where it's like the buttons are like rubies or something. Yeah. Oh, and I saw the Bellagio um, a couple times. saw the light The water show. Yeah. Oh, that was so fun. And they did it too. I'm proud to be an American. No, that's, that's one of the songs on rotation. Which was kind of hilarious, but still really pretty, but it yeah. was just so grandiose and over the top. The first time we saw the water show in front of the Bellagio, which, um, and I was kind of on an, on an Ocean's Eleven kick a couple weekends ago, and I, I watched that movie, I think, four times or something over the course of a week, and there's that great sequence at the end after they pulled the caper and they do the water show, but the first time I saw the water show at the Bellagio, we went, uh, uh, Lara and I had gone uh, with a couple of friends of ours, and... We were there, and we kept up. We're like, you got to go see this thing in the Bellagio. It's great. So we go, and we saw it. The first time we went to see it, it was um, Frank Sinatra singing um, Luck Be a Lady. Oh. And it was just so righteous. I mean, it's like Sinatra, and it's at night, and it's Vegas. It's all just so amazing. Beautiful water show. And we're like, that is so great. Let's come back in 25 minutes and see the next one. And we That's came what back. we did. We ended up sticking around. <laughs> we come back for the next one, and you hear that. If tomorrow all the trees were gone, or whatever the hell, and you realize it's Lee Greenwood, and you kind of go, ah, I peaked. I should have I stopped at Sinatra. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. It was, I, I had the greatest time, met the nicest people. Good for you. Everyone was just so friendly and great, and I had just had a fantastic time. And the car show uh, for Viva Las Vegas, um, yeah, it was it was super cool. It's at this old, um, it was at the Gold Nugget. Yeah. 
Got to see that. The gold nugget is great. Bit. Yeah, it was super cool. Right on. All right, uh, we got to take a break. Come back. Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Later on, James Roop, top five. Uh, video rodeo and uh, the best thing I've ever heard that somebody emailed to us this morning. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Rick Emerson radio program. This person says about the bathrooms of the wind. The only problem with the highly polished marble bathrooms is that reflection in the floor allows you to clearly see the person in the stall next to you. Oh, no. <laughs> Disconcerting, to say the least. How great is that, though? If you, you have probably had the same thought I did, though, as you're walking through the wind casino. that You thought, we sent two people to stay here. Which is, you know, like you're sort of consumed with jealousy, but then you also realize how cool it is. I know. I was like lamenting to my friend Jessica about it. I'm just like, you know what? I know I get a bunch of free stuff working in radio, but I'm like, God, sometimes it's just torture because we get all these free prizes that, in, in, you know, no way, nowhere near come anywhere near us. Like, totally. We can't do it. And typically our prizes are like, you get a sticker. All right. <laughs> a book of matches. As the Ministry of Truth, your personal savior. Time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. Now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. So apparently it was a snowmobile suit that protected the man who tumbled into the crater of Mount St. Helens over the Jesus. weekend. How is that possible? Well, they uh, they brought in a helicopter, and apparently Joe Slim was driving his snowmobile along the western rim of the crater, which is a bad thing to do anyway. So he gets up, and he can walk around, and then a cornice that he's standing on gives way. He falls 1,300 feet. He slides on his hands and knees to the bottom of the crater. Why would you be? Let's back up. Why would you be snowmobiling? Why would you be snowmobiling around the crater of Mount St. Helens? Well, for the sheer adventure of it. <laughs> well, mission accomplished, I suppose. Uh, you just so seems... you slide down the thing on your hands and knees. So I, I'm not really sure how that works, though. Like I don't really know what the inside of a volcano looks like. Because in my head, it's just in my head when I picture a volcano, it's like just that side. Uh, viewer or whatever that they have in the science book that shows you the workings of it. So it's just a mountain, and in the middle of it's just like a big red tube that goes down to the center of the earth. No, this did, this did not go down at the center of the earth. So he is snowmobiling around the crater. Yes. He gets out, take a good look around. <laughs> Bad move. <laughs> what could possibly... Uh, and so it it sort of crumbles. He falls... Just like in the cartoon. He 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 falls into the, that's got to be the worst day that i will say this about that guy however ill advised his snowmobiling adventure may have been this is really the win all party story from going forward i fell into the crater of a volcano so it crumbles he falls into the crater uh-huh. but then what's inside the crater of a volcano i mean does it does it just stop at some point yeah it goes down see a little bit okay but then it's a, it's like a hole in the top of the mountain. But it's not. Uh, it doesn't go all the way to China. So is is it? Uh, um, but is is a crater in a in a in a volcano? Sarah's saying it's like a bowl. So it's like a self sealing kind of thing. Yeah. So it. I hate to be gross, but it's like a like a scab where it and then it just you know closes itself up. Yeah. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there he is laying in the bottom of the crater. And they rescued him. And uh, let's see, he was uh, brought to a hospital in Yakult, Washington, and then transferred to Emanuel. He's in fair condition. Yakult, that's that trailer park where Tanya Harding lifts? Oh, I think so, yes. Well, I'm just going to have to amputate your torso. 
right. So, uh, best of snowmobile elsewhere. But if it wasn't for people like this, we'd have nothing to talk about, really. Well, how did they know he was there? Did they? Did he tell people where he was going to be, do you suppose? Or did they just... not, well, he was uh, snowmobiling with some friends. Oh, I see. They didn't get off their snowmobiles to take a walk around. <laughs> Maybe we should all. Why don't you do it? We'll see how it goes. Go ahead. You test it out for us. Uh, all right. Excellent. Uh, then uh, somebody beat somebody with baseball bats, and it was the wrong person. Two men were attacked as they slept in a Gladstone apartment early yesterday. They had a call around 4 a.m. They rushed to an apartment on Caldwell Road. When they arrived, they found two badly beaten men. The suspects had run away. Apparently, the attackers kicked in the apartment door, used a baseball bat, started battering a 23-year-old guest who was sleeping on the couch. After beating him, then they kicked in a bedroom door and attacked another resident. Uh, apparently, they heard the attackers say, uh, we've got the wrong guy. <laughs> and they left. Sorry. <laughs> so if you want to live in that area, you're prone to such things. Gladstone is where that happened. Gladstone and what? No, Glad the uh, community of Gladstone. Is I'm that on the street of Gladstone? I think there's a place called Gladstone. There is too. a place called Gladstone. Where is? It is south of Portland. I still believe in a place called Gladstone. So that's not in Portland proper. No. Oh, well, the Gladstone. As long as it doesn't affect, as long as it's not in my backyard, Tim Riley. Uh huh. So uh, yeah, apparently somebody got clobbered and they should have. A bartender was shot multiple times in an attempted robbery. This happened at Scooby's Tavern. It's a strip joint on Southeast 122nd and East Burnside around 10:15. Uh, apparently the bartender was shot several times. He was taken to OHSU. We don't know very much about that. A mattress man drove over the top of the tent where his wife was sleeping inside during a camping trip. The Crook County Sheriff's Office. What better place for such things? Uh, says a uh, 44-year-old Patrick Donaldson was drinking, got in an argument with two women uh, he was camping with. Oh, he was camping with two women, was he, in a tent over the weekend. Then he reportedly drove his pickup truck over the tent, running over one of the women who was sleeping inside. Then he took off. He was located a short time later in Crook County and arrested. That's just local news. Uh, then there's a shooting after a Dr. Dre book signing. This happened in Tequila. It was a party to help promote a book about rapper Dr. Dre. It turned into a homicide as uh, one man was shot to death, another critically injured in the parking lot outside a crowded golf course restaurant. Cops got there were two in the morning responding to a 911 call about shots being fired outside. They found a chaotic scene. About two to three hundred people were leaving a party at Gordon's on the Green in Tequila. The party uh, was uh, following a book signing by uh, Bruce Williams. The same Bruce There's Williams. so many things about this story I don't understand. Oh, I guess Bruce Williams has written a book about Dr. Dre. <laughs> My advice to you, kiddo, is to always keep your pimp hand strong. All right. And they have counsel. I do wish you well. So Bruce Williams was uh, signing a book about Dr. Dre. <laughs> the rap star himself was not at the book signing. <laughs> uh, several other high-profile guests included Seattle supersonic Gary Payton, Sam Perkins, and Jerome for this book written by Bruce Williams yeah. about gangster rapper Dr. The Dre. The party had been peaceful through uh, most of the evening. But as the Patriots were leaving the building, an altercation broke out in the parking lot and shots were fired. Damn, bitches ain't nothing but hoes and tricks. Well, that's what happens. You this is talking. You kind of attract that element. Uh, so let's back up. So Bruce Williams, there's so much about this story that it, where nothing goes with anything else. So he wrote a book about Dr. Dre. But, let's leave, but leaving aside the issue, it's Bruce Williams. So there's a book about Dr. Dre in Tuckwilla. I don't even know where Tuckwilla is. Is that by Seattle? It's north of there. So that Tuckwilla is one of those cities that I just don't care about, that I sort of see, but that I've never... Tuckwilla is... Quest will give you the wrong directions to it because I had to drive there once. <laughs> really? Yes. Just talk, where, do they, they send, where do they send you? 
uh, to a place that's under construction, <laughs> and you can't go any further. Go to Legrand. Uh, so there's Tuckwilla is sort of like a um, Tuckwilla is kind of like uh, a mysterious can of vegetables in the back of your cupboard, and you're not quite sure how it got there. Yeah. You didn't buy it. You don't know who bought it. It's just sitting there, and you're just not ever going to open it. Uh, you just see it on your way to look for something else. Where's my rice-a-roni? And, you know, in the meantime, you see this mysterious can lurking in the background that you never investigate. That's what Tuckwilla is. So the idea that there is a... Dr. Dre book signing. A Dr. Dre book, book, book signing. By and there's, Bruce Williams. But, but in a golf course. Yeah. And then there's a shooting. Uh-huh. So this is a whole story. This is kind of a weird Frankenstein story where really nothing goes together with anything else. But I like the opportunity to make Bruce Williams jokes. So, all right. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, oh, oh, this book is called Rolling with Dre, an insider's tale of the rise, fall, and rebirth of West Coast hip-hop by Bruce Williams. <laughs> I wish you well. All right, Tiger. Especially those of you with gunshot wounds. Fantastic. So that's that. Uh, See, so here's another suggestion, and the more people talk about it, the more it's probable to happen. Insiders keep suggesting that Katie Couric be swapped with Anderson Cooper. Uh, yes, it would be a blockbuster trade of CV, uh, TV superstars. It's been really? them. Yes. Uh, Cooper uh, would be traded for Katie Couric. And then Katie would get Larry King's job once he quits. Wait. So so he... Wait. So Anderson... He would anchor the CBS Evening News. So Anderson Cooper would anchor the CBS Evening News. Yes. Uh, she would take over for Larry King. And and anchor Anderson's part on CNN. Right? And, and Okay, and then Larry King would... I don't know, replace Rachel Ray or something. So Larry King would just, he would, he would be, he's the odd man out there. Right. He would be the one left standing when the music stopped. Uh-huh. All right, but that's not going to happen. So, uh, oh, and CBS could ask a veteran newsman, Bob Schieffer, to fill in. Or oh, Schiffler? I think he's anchored before, but he's old. I think, well, he's another one of those, we were talking about this on Friday, that there's something in the CBS anchor person water that lets you live forever. They've got some weird access to, to like, some Ponce de Leon fountain or something over there, because nobody who is an anchor person for CBS uh, News ever dies. They just live forever. And I think he's another one that's, he's like Methuselah age, but he just continues to, like, crank out three news specials a year. So, I don't really, look, I'm a team player and all, but I don't really know anybody who, here's the thing about Katie Couric. I know a lot of people. That's not true. I was going to say I know a lot of people who really love Larry King. I, no, no, Larry King is what you turn on, and don't turn it <laughs> off unless you really hate the guest. So most nights, Larry King is on for like an hour. It's kind of like background noise, like a blender or garbage disposal. <laughs> At least in my house it is. That's exactly Larry King is background noise. And the fact that you view a garbage disposal to be background noise. Well, well, it's what's happening that, at your house at the garbage disposal no, it, is just it, constantly it's running. something you might hear during the dinner hour. It, it is just another noise in my house. It's like an air conditioner. Exactly. Just idling away. <laughs> um, it, it's on every night unless it's something terrible that you can't possibly watch. And usually it isn't. Because what happens on the Larry King show, people plan a show around him, and he's just sitting there, and the show goes on. <laughs> and he just adds something on the card every so often. That's very true. Um... I remember from my days uh, in Brooklyn. So the thing about, so I was going to say that uh, Larry King, I don't really know a lot of people that are actively into Larry King, but as you noted, uh, I know many, many, many people who will sort of passively watch him. Or they will do what my wife calls grazing, which is where you just, as you said, you just flip around. And it doesn't bother anyone. Yeah, he's sort of on and he's kind of innocuous. And every so often there's something retarded like Snoop Dogg teaching him how to rap. And so, you know, panning for gold. But at the very least, he is good. he's a good sort of baseline host, whereas 
I find that with Katie Couric, and this is just my estimation, I find that with Katie Couric, people are either indifferent to her or they really loathe her. They're really, I don't really know anybody that Katie Couric. She's fantastic. Yeah, she's got legs like Betty Grable. I, I can't wait to get home. I, no, 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 I'm sorry, fellas. I'd love to stay in booze all night, but I have to get home and watch Katie Couric deliver the news to me. I just, I don't know anybody that feels that way. I know a lot of people, uh, and we're all uh, solidly in this camp, people who really like Anderson Cooper. Uh, I like Anderson Cooper a lot. Uh, Larry King is at least sort of moderately amusing. Uh, Katie Couric, just, there's just a whole lot of nothing there. I just, uh, it's like an eggplant. Just no substance. Well, with Anderson Cooper, you know if you step over the line, you'll disappear without any explanation. <laughs> then there are forces that work behind the scenes to change things. <laughs> yeah, and if you a, go too far. End up in a hole behind the Sahara. Uh, so, any of it. So I wonder if that's, do you suppose that that's Katie Couric's people? repeatedly putting the story out there because they know that she's going to get the boot from CBS at some point and they're just trying to find a place for her to land. Yeah. That's going to be like how... Like uh, it might be her maid's MySpace page and she's <laughs> had stuff every day. I think that Katie, like she's trying to start her own whisper campaign, yeah. like Funke style. Everybody's talking about this Funke. The, everybody's talking about Katie Couric taking over for Larry King. And the thing about Larry King is I suspect even at this, in, the, in what might charitably be called the autumn of his career... I, I think that Larry King is probably a guy you don't want to screw with because Larry King has been around long enough and knows enough people and has really just established himself for so many decades that I think if Larry King kind of got the got wind of, which he must because we're talking about it, and I think if Larry King starts to hear about the fact that Katie Couric is angling for his job, I think that's going to put her ass in a hot seat somewhere. So it'll be like when Helen Kushnick... Uh, in the early 80s, when Carson still had the gig, Helen Kushnick started planting all these stories in the New York Post, like, NBC wants to fire Johnny and give job to Leno. And I think that very nearly cost Leno that gig, uh, that his manager at the time was putting all of these stories in the New York Post about how, like, CBS or NBC was planning to fire Carson. Because you don't screw with Carson. And no. Larry King sort of is the Johnny Carson of, uh, of cable news. I think it's a fair statement, so... All right, well, good luck, Katie. I'm sure the $15 million or whatever they still have to pay out, that'll, uh, that'll soften the blow a little bit. Well, we're glad to contribute by getting poultry salary increases so that Katie may continue to live. <laughs> well, we're, we're team players. We do whatever it takes, Tim. Yes, we, we do. We give and give. We do. All right. So rumor has it that Chelsea Clinton rode the max over the weekend. That's a lie. That's That's fake. There's no way that's true. A, she was here, but I cannot find a picture of it. No, no. Wait. When you say the rumor is, are, is that a thing that you're just making up right now? No. Some people say that Chelsea Clinton rode the max. I I've read it in a couple of different places. So like blogs or so forth. Yeah. I wouldn't you, but you'd know that though, because there would uh, not unless you were riding on the max. You she wouldn't ride the max by herself though. She would have to have security people with her. I would think, especially because she probably well, didn't know her well, way. Well, Max was teaming with security all the time, <laughs> as we know. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine the bad publicity if Chelsea Clinton had just been repeatedly beaten and mugged on a, somebody um, with a big bag of cans? <laughs> you smell like flowers. Uh, Ain't you pretty little thing? Where'd you get that blonde hair? Um, will you be my mom? So um, I you know, I call shenanigans on that. I wonder if that's a, if that's somebody even after the fact trying to make Hillary look like the common person. But no, no, no. Her daughter took public transportation. She was seen drinking Thunderbird on the max. <laughs> I can't. Uh, I can't imagine that that's true. I do always lament, though, uh, that it, things like Chelsea coming to town and when uh, when Bill was here. That it's always. I mean, not that we would have any conceivable shot of getting these people on the air anyway. But I'd like to think that we can at least try. I like to delude myself into thinking that Richie, 
uh, might be able to give some sort of garbled phone message to the Chelsea Clinton people asking her to come on the air. So, you know, what can you do? It's possible. So we go back to this uh, Barack Obama thing. He, uh, excuse me, he took the offensive in a number of topics. You need to sneeze? Uh, no, but can you speak for just a moment, please? Yeah. I, you know, here's the thing about, uh, I can, um, there we go. I was afraid for a second that we lost the popcorn music. You know music. that we will never, ever lose the popcorn thing. It's like a cockroach that'll outlive us all. Yeah. I, uh, well, because I lost a bunch of my sound bites when they, when they rebooted my computer here, when they cleaned my drive. I thought you said that those, that was temporary. No. Temporarily. No. Oh. Some of them I lost, like I lost the Florida sounder. What else? You what sounder did you lose? You know, Florida. Okay, I'm back. You know what else I don't have right now? I don't have the Connie Chung sounder. I don't know that either. I got to go back and rebuild a lot of those things from scratch. You've been out of the news for the longest time. Yeah, but you never know when she'll come back. Here's Tim Riley. That's true. Uh, so Barack Obama's on the offensive on a number of topics while addressing the Alliance of American Manufacturing in Pittsburgh. He also took his opponents to task while trying to make political points on a statement he made in a fundraiser about small-town voters. He says he's not surprised that they get bitter and cling to guns and religion. When I hear my opponents, both of whom spent decades in Washington, saying I'm out of touch, it's time to cut through the rhetoric and look at the reality. Uh, he admits that he uh, may have not changed. Uh, <laughs> How you doing? Oh, pretty good. Do so you want to take a moment to collect yourself? I'm, I'm, I think I'm okay. Uh, Senator Barack Would this Obama. be better if Richie came in and punctured you with some sort of a thumbtack? Oh, no, Richie scares a... me. <laughs> Please do elaborate, Tim. Oh, nothing. No, Richie does a fine job here. <laughs> Doesn't he look like he's storing nuts for the winter, though? <laughs> it's almost like, would you like an open or closed casket? <laughs> Oh, I think we all know the answer to that. Okay. Uh, back to the program. Really <laughs> just sit on that lid to get it shut. Obama admits he may have not chosen his words carefully. My words may have been clumsy, uh, which happens uh, surprisingly often on a presidential campaign. Uh, Hillary says Obama's remarks uh, could have rubbed some people the wrong way. You seem elitist, out of touch, and frankly patronizing. Yeah. Uh, that has nothing to do with him being a good man or a man of faith. Go drink a shot in the bar, lady. Yeah. Uh, she told uh, reporters in Scranton, she's in Squ Scranton, she believed Obama's comments were elitist and divisive. First, he said he was right and attacked me for raising his remarks and uh, referencing them. Then he admitted he may have said what he said inartfully, uh, and now he's deeply apologized if uh, he's offended anyone. Yeah. Yes, he has not fully apologized. Keep groveling. Senator Obama uh, has not owned up to what he said. And, and taken accountability for it. He's having problems with the middle class. His comments were elitist and divisive. And the Democratic Party has been, unfortunately, viewed by many people over the last decades as being elitist and out of touch. This is the, but this is the only reason she's staying in. Why could, she can't possibly win. Why would she still? Because they keep hoping that he'll do more things like this. Uh, like that. Oh, you know what else? I think I might have lost. What's that? I think I might have lost the typical white person sounder. Oh, I like <gasps> that one. I think I might have lost that. Hold on. Uh, let me see here. How did this happen? Uh, <laughs> I. You lost quite a few good things lately. Well, because a lot of them. Oh, what did I miss? <laughs> no, what? what? Haven't you lost a few other things too? What are you referring to? I can't. Think Is this code of some kind? <laughs> no. <laughs> I know it sounded like I'm like. No. You've lost a lot of things lately, Rick, haven't you? That's like where the soap opera music would squell underneath. I, uh, 
You asked something else that was important. I can't remember what it was. What are you, <laughs> what are you referring to? I don't know. Today. This would be like when I get, like when no one in the audience knows that I've had a leg removed. Oh. Like, I'm FDR. I'm sitting in a wheelchair. No, it's just that I'm tremendously congested today, so I, ha- <laughs> I have, I have no thoughts from my nose down. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of it is that doesn't make any sense at all. What does that mean? What, what thoughts would you typically have, let's say, like in your spleen? <laughs> Never mind. All my thoughts are from the nose up today, Rick. Wait, oh, wait, here we go. All right. Wait, oh, I think I think I may still, uh, I think I may have rescued this from the... She is a typical white person. <sighs> okay, because here's the thing. I had, uh, not to bore everybody with the details, but I, there are two different places where my, and this is just for me, my sound cu- uh, cuts are kept. One of them is on a sort of communal network drive. It's called the V drive, and it's just like a, it's a network server that sits in the back room that you can access from any computer in the building. And, but then some of my sound bites, like the Connie Chung, uh, they were on my desktop, uh, the desktop of my PC right here. And when Troy, God bless him, uh, upgraded my computer, they had to wipe everything that was on the drive. So I lost everything on my desktop. So the ones that were on the network drive, uh, I still have. She is a typical white person. But I don't, uh, I don't have anything that was sitting on my desktop. So the Connie Chung thing, I think I've lost. Uh, Jesus, I'll have to find. There's a whole bunch of things that I did that I had. Uh, the Blood Rock edit, where it's just the little teach me how to die part. I lost that. So anyway, all right, here's Tim Riley. Well, when uh, Pope Benedict arrives in the U.S. tomorrow, Boston will not be one of his stops. Many area Catholics are upset seeing a visit by the pundit will go a long way in helping to heal the pre-sex abuse scandal in Boston. And for the resignation of Cardinal Law, uh, Mary Beth Carmody is uh, with the Council of Parishes, and she's uh, very disappointed indeed. This is a real issue for the Catholic Church in America. It's an issue that cannot be ignored simply because he chooses not to come to Boston. Yes, he hates the city of Boston. I would have preferred him to come here to Boston as we celebrate our 200 years as an archdiocese. And I think the fact he's not coming here does speak volumes. She's very snippy. Um, Let's see here. Oh, by the way, um, uh, wait, hold on. So apparently there is a photograph. See, now somebody's claiming there's a photograph of Chelsea Clinton riding on the Max. All right. I I haven't seen it yet, though. Did they send it to you? Um, So K2 apparently has video of her. At the airport, Max, standing near it. It's unclear about whether she was actually on the Max, though. Oh, she was standing near it. I don't know why I care so much about this. Sunday, Oregonian Metro section, page one, Chelsea Clinton photo on the Max, talking to TriMet Communication Director Mary... Uh, says, um, you should buy a paper now and again. Well, we all know that's not going to happen. No. So they claim that the, the, the Oregonian on Sunday had a picture of Chelsea Clinton on the Max. I'm beyond caring. I've moved on. Here's Tim. Let's do one more, and then we'll let Tim go uncongest himself. Uh, so anyway, uh, very few people have heard the Pope speak. Can you remember the last thing he said? Was Probably it some? Not. Was it something about? Oh no! You know what? Go ahead. No, please do. Uh-huh. I was going to make a Nazi joke. <laughs> <laughs> he was in the Hitler Youth. He was. He was. He was a member of the Hitler Youth. Oh, wow. There's just no getting. I mean, I know that he said now that that was ill-advised or whatever his explanation well, was. Well, he did a lousy job of policing the motherland back then. I uh, so the. So, so when they said the last time, here's here's the way it was going to work. You were going to say, do you remember the last thing the Pope was heard saying? And I was going to say, oh. should, should I start again? I was going to say, our bite mock fry, ha, 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 because he was a Nazi. So now he just wears fashionable ruby slippers. I'm sorry. It's I, we trust in your power and in your authority. Please bless, bless us through Lord Jesus, our Lord. Amen. What kind of translator is that? What accent is that? 
That never been what? Well, whatever. Do you want to hear it again? No, no, I don't. All right. So anyway, nobody can understand him. So they have that lady talking. No about one cares that. about this pope. This is a pope no. who uh, who is being disregarded by uh, by uh, the world uh, at large. All right. Uh, That's let, true. Shall we take a break? Please do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, here's what's coming up. More from Tim Riley. Uh, would you like some Claritin? Yes. Yes. Okay. You know they're. Uh, I got those. They're non-drowsy too. I like that even better. All right. I'll get you some Claritin during the break. Uh, about a bottle of sixty over the weekend. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else? Uh, top five coming up later on. Jim Roop. Uh, we'll have another installment of Rick Emerson's Video Rodeo, and uh, we'll play this great thing that somebody sent to me over the weekend. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970. How are you feeling, Tim Riley? I'm getting better. Sarah Dillon just gave me a pill. Yeah. It was from Rick. The best part is how you took it without bothering to clarify what it was. <laughs> you now have five minutes to live, Mr. Riley. Well, I'm very trusting of you guys because we work together for the longest time. No, it's a big... true. In case you... And Sarah will tell you, I have a full-on pharmacy up on my desk upstairs. Uh, not because I'm sick, and I typically don't get sick that often, but just because I live in fear of getting ambushed by illness or something like five minutes before the show. Last week was the first time in like a year that I've been sick. You go up to my desk right now, at all times, I have a big bottle of the 500 size aspirin. Um, I have a big thing of that chloroseptic throat spray. FYI, it never actually comes anywhere near my mouth. I hold it like six inches away. Um... So in, in case like anybody absolutely needs it at some point, uh, there's a Pepto-Bismol sitting on my desk. What else? Uh, I got the big bottle of Claritin, and I got a whole thing of dried ginger root sitting up there, too, in case your voice goes. So at any really, if you should be trapped here for any period of time, all the medication you ever need in my desk. All right. Um, it wouldn't have been so bad if I didn't open up the windows over the weekend because it got so hot. Oh, you don't ever want to do that. And I haven't turned on the central air conditioning for the year yet, so I decided, well, it would be fine if I just opened up the windows for a while. Now, but you know what? Okay, so, but you had, uh, wait, so do you have to do something to your air conditioning before you can start running it this year, or is it good to go? Oh, it's good to go. It's, it's, a, a, it's on my regular thermostat, and it's in the air conditioning window. I just shut off during the winter. You just don't, but I mean, you don't have to get your filters cleaned or, or anything. You're just, no. it's just a, just a setting. Well, I, I change the, the filters and the vents in the house every three months anyway. Of course you do. Uh, so, don't the, you? No, sure. Um, <laughs> um, but it, so it, here's my thing, and I'm glad to hear you be, to say that you've got air conditioning and that you proudly use it, because you know what? People can call me a weakling, call me whatever you want. But as soon as it breaks like 75 degrees, the air conditioning goes on in my house. And Mine you know, is 77. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And I know it costs more. I know it's it's bad for it's it's I don't know. Maybe maybe it's bad for the environment. Maybe everything that you like is bad for the environment. So I assume that air conditioning is bad for the environment in some way. I just don't care. I just made a vow with myself many years back that I would no longer uh, sort of. Uh, what is a scrimp on air conditioning? I mean, if it gets hot, I will turn on the AC. That's what it's there for. That being said, because, you know, we rent a house, we don't buy a house, we don't have central air, so we have a couple, like, you know, a different air conditioner for each room. And so the air conditioner that we use in our bedroom is one that we actually bought a long time ago when we were living in this apartment. And it's uh, it's like a, a move, it's like a portable air conditioner. It, it looks kind of like one of those old swamp coolers. 
but it's an air conditioner, and it's an air conditioner on wheels, and then it's just got the exhaust tube that you run out your window, and it's got the little mounting bracket or whatever. But the point is, i got to get it. I think it's running out of Freon, or it's running out of something or other, whatever it is that they put in there. So i got to take it in this week to get taken, because I know it, it was hot enough this weekend. I very nearly reached for the air conditioning this weekend of the house, and I didn't. But I almost did, which means that the next time it starts to get warm, it's really going to be AC weather. So i got to take the air conditioner in like this week and get it done, because otherwise it, what's going to happen is what happens every time, is that it's going to get hot. I'm going to suddenly turn on the air conditioner and realize, oh, I never got the Freon filled. I'm going to go, and the guy's going to say, well, that's a three-month wait. I'm sorry. I'm all backed up. So i got to take that in like, uh, like this week and get it taken care of. Before we continue with the news... We've got uh, Jim Roof coming up later on. Uh, I did get this great thing sent to me by uh, by an audience member. Uh, we have some of my bad production demos from when I was about 18 to play. But first, I'll read this. I'll take reunions no one cares about for a thousand. Sarah, who's reuniting that no one could possibly care less about? Oh, God, I don't know. That's so broad. Well, ask some narrowing questions. You know that this never goes well. Here's, here's right, how is I'm it like... a guy, Is it a, a boy band? Well, it's a band. A band. It is not a solo artist. It is a band. Um, 90s? Yes. Um, Boys to Men? No. Um, Tim? A, a band from the 90s. A band from the 90s. Well, you already met your new kids on the block last week. It is not a Crazy boy band. Town? It is not. No. No. Sadly, that's still, that's still on the horizon. No. Uh, Backstreet Boys. No. You're not a boy band. Not a boy. I know. I'm sorry. That's all I can think about is band. Um... Who broke up? Who broke up? I don't know. And I don't even really know that they broke up. They just stopped releasing records. And really, to my knowledge, no one stopped. What? I mean, no one. I think it's a reunion of a band that you never really heard about the breakup of. Like, they just sort of stopped, they sort of stopped doing stuff, and I don't think anybody really cared. You got nothing. Okay, Um. is it rock? Yes. Punk rock? No. Um, it's a rock band from the 90s. Oh, geez, Rick, I don't know. Here's the thing about this band. They are singularly um, large and uninteresting. That's the thing. I mean, I would say by most estimations they're a big band, but by the same token, I don't really... It, it's like we were saying with Katie Couric earlier. I don't really know anybody that's really into this band. Linkin Park? No, but you see, you're sort of in the ballpark, though. Okay. Um... It's a band kind of like that in the sense that... I don't really know that anybody hears this band and goes, oh, I am their biggest fan. I have got everything they, I will drive anywhere to see them. Because there's bands that people are, you know, really devoted to, really freakishly into, bands that have a real strong, active following. This, not one of those bands. You know what this band kind of reminds me of also? Collective Soul. That's another band. Do you realize that Collective Soul has something like 750 top 10 hits? But... No, like, I know it's Shine. See, but you don't really know anybody that's a big Collective Soul fan. Yeah. Collective Souls have been to come on. They, they're on the radio. They're on TV. And you kind of go, oh, yeah, Collective Soul. Yeah, they're pretty good. Uh, but you, like, you don't really kind of go, yeah, Collective Soul. Mm. All right. Well, let's see. Let me just do a couple of these calls. I think this is probably the audience trying to guess. Hello, hi. Do you know which band right, I'm referring to? Yes, I do. Who is it? Uh... Pilot. Well done, sir. Congratulations. Oh. But do you see what I mean? A big band, but do you know anybody that really lives for Stone Temple Pilots? No. No. No, no one does. They actually did break up for a little while. The lead singer uh, sang with another band. Uh, my wife was talking about him last night. I can't. Velvet Revolver. That's yeah. what I was thinking, Velvet Revolver. And then I was like, nah, that can't be right. Uh, but, yeah. I, all right, excellent. Thank you, sir. Bye. All right, there you go. So, yeah, Stone Temple Pilots, uh, after announcing they will do a reunion tour this summer, 
Stone Temple Pilots played a brief set last night at the former estate of magician Harry Houdini. Uh, the 30-minute set for a small group of industry honchos oh boy. served as the band uh, band's official relaunch and tour announcement. Was he taking a break from the wife beating and the drug using? Wow, really? Didn't he? Who? Yeah, Scott Weiland. That's you saying that. I no, didn't I mean, that. Uh, allegedly. <laughs> I That's swear. Sarah Dillon right? just I have said to look that. this up right now. I swear they got into like a physical altercation or something. Well, I mean, it's no, it's no secret that he's a junkie, um, or was, or is. I don't know. Um, included hits like "Big Empty." Sarah, please not to sing the hook of "Big Empty." <laughs> yeah, nothing. Uh, interstate love song, Vaseline, Lady Picture Show. I like Lady Picture Show. Um, tripping on a hole in a paper heart, Tim. Please now sing the hook of Trippin' on a Hole in a Paper Heart. I was trippin' on a hole in a paper heart. <laughs> I love, I'm going to give you Claritin every day. Um, you know what? I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. I think it was his wife that was beating him. Really? Like bipolar or something. Or something. But he beat his wife and then she beat him. <laughs> <laughs> That's low. So, so as long as it, there's an equitable split in the savage beating. In the beating. In the Excellent. Beating. Uh, anyway, blah, 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 blah. Uh, he says, uh, I, I guess they're doing that whole thing of, like, trying to seek new avenues for distribution because of the industry. Uh, Wyland says, uh, we want to get into a place of having some freedom because we have a lot of leverage. We've sold almost, how many records would you say Stone Temple Pilots have sold, Sarah, according to Scott Wyland, anyway? Um, 500 million. <laughs> <laughs> more, more than Elvis. <laughs> he says, well, he has 40 million, which doesn't even seem possible. I don't is it, possible. Are you sure it isn't 40 gajillions? <laughs> <laughs> Um, he says, we want to be free agents, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, and then he has all of their confirmed tour dates. I just, whatever. I mean, I guess. Here's Tim Riley. It's just an excitement. It's it's an excitement that's totally lacking. You know what I mean? It seems like with a band like that, it, it, that anyway, I just can't even, I can't even muster up the excitement to talk about how unexcited maybe, I am about Yeah, it. maybe you should open the phones later and try and find someone who's a real active. Talk, let's do nothing but Stone Temple yeah. Pilots discussion. Hi, here's Tim Riley. That sounds wonderful. Well, because tomorrow's tax day and we have to do the obligatory story, at least I'm going to have some sound bites with somebody I like. Susie Orman says... Yeah. People... You're right. Susie Orman says people should not be getting a tax refund. When you are getting a refund, that means you have paid too much in taxes. The government holds it for an entire year, interest-free. They don't pay you a penny on that money, and then they give it back to you, and you're so happy. Uh, she says if you get a tax refund, you need to do something wise with it. If you get a tax refund this year, you should take that money. You should either save it, pay off your debt, do something That's like that with talk. it, fund a retirement account, but adjust your exemptions and increase them so that next year you don't owe any money, you don't get anything back. This is all advice no one will take. This is all advice that the Amazon is all the time. Yeah, but, but you see what I'm saying, though? You, like, you... The irony, of course, Tim, is that the people who uh, pay attention to somebody like Susie Orman, who I do quite like, yes. she's a little shrill for my taste, but she knows what she's doing, uh, the people who watch that and take advantage of it are the people who, of course, don't need to watch her because they're already doing what they're supposed to do, see Tim Riley. Whereas the people that she's really talking to will completely disregard that and continue to get rent-to-own furniture. So I read some ridiculous story the other day. Oh, maybe my wife was telling me about this. Some survey about, you know, the, the, the obligatory thing they do every year around tax time where they talk about, you know, fewer Americans are saving, and those who are saving are saving less. And they're getting terribly in debt. Americans are using credit cards. It's never happened before. And, but did you know what percentage of Americans, Tim, say they spend? And this is, this is uh, according to people who volunteer this information. What percentage of Americans, according to this survey, say that they spend more than they make? Oh, 
over 50 percent. Seven. Seven percent of people. That's what this survey would have you believe. Seven percent of people spend more than they make, Tim. The other 93 percent people in the country are fantastic. They're doing just fine. You know who, who really gets it put to them are students. I mean, student loans are outrageous. And uh, if, I was reading today, if you go to medical school now, you will have a debt when you graduate of a quarter of a million dollars. Jesus. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, who? It's, it's student loans and then anybody who's self-employed. Mm-hmm. Being self-employed is a lot of fun, too, where the government it screws you for like 180%. So, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. minor, minor done. I can't take any credit for that either. My, uh, my wife got our taxes taken care of, but she always does. Uh, we have a we have a gal uh, who does that for us. She even addresses the envelopes. She like she literally will come to our house. She's got everything done. The everything already done. Envelopes already addressed. All we have to do is like fill out like the amount, sign, and we're good to go. So they're already taken care of. So I, I don't use worry TurboTax. Is that uh, now? Is that like the software thing that you uh, that you buy? Yes. Doesn't it seem like? Let me ask you this. Doesn't it seem like the government ought to uh, have some sort of I don't know. Like there ought to be some IRS website you can go to and just plug in all the figures and hit send and it does everything. I I, I think there is something like that. It's under a different name that's free, and I'm not sure if the government owns it. But you have access to the IRS by doing. Of course, of course if you use Turbo, I'm doing an advertisement. Well, that's fine. You, use, you you pay a little extra fee and it goes directly to the IRS, and then they send your refund if you're having one directly like back a direct into your deposit. Account. Oh, that's good. So you like I got mine in February. I know people hate me. I, <laughs> <laughs> I've already done okay. my taxes for the next decade. But it's quick and easy. I've got all my Christmas shopping done as well. Uh, the uh, oh no, and we did ours. Fair, we didn't do ours in February, but I think in early March we got ours mm-hmm. done. But I was thinking about that about how there is this whole cottage industry that sprung up to sort of make the government's incompetence a little easier to deal with. And it does surprise me on some level that the government hasn't just put up at, like, Mm irs.gov some, you go there, you punch in the numbers, and you hit, like, send. Although I guess now that I think about it, maybe no one would use that because you might just assume the government is sort of screwing you somehow. Which which would be fun if you had, like, a a short form. Yeah. I mean, if you don't own anything at all, and all you do is use that easy form, whatever it is. But for the most part, people might might have more. The other thing, see, the, the other thing about it is, it's I think what frustrates people is that, see, now we're doing some dumb uh, financial, but now we sound like the, the Ken and Daria Dolan. We need a weekend show. That's right, Ken. Um, I, Tim, wouldn't you agree that what really frustrates people? Can I just can I can I side note inside myself here for a second? Sure. You know what this reminds me of this whole discussion, um, even though it's brilliant, is when I was doing the awful uh, syndicated show. My the guy who was syndicating my show. Nothing could have been that bad. <laughs> when I was when I was doing my syndicated show, the guy who was syndicating my show. This is just my speculation. Now I don't know that this is true. I strongly, strongly, strongly suspect that he had some um, issues with his taxes and the government, and was trying to uh, figure things out. And so at one point, I found myself being ordered to have a tax, uh, like a like a guy from a tax service company on my show for, I think, a solid two hours. Like, and it was basically an infomercial where I had to have this tax guy, and he was like some TurboTax, Quicken Tax, you know, some guy that was from the, you know, from the firm of Taxi and Taxi. And he would come on, and he was some company that would do your taxes for you. And I was basically ordered to have the guy as a guest for two solid hours in what amounted to an infomercial. Right, and you would hear me saying like a hundred times an hour, my guest is 
Bob Bobson from Tax and Tax Incorporated. You can reach him at blah, 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 because the guy had basically ordered me to do it. And in retrospect, it seems pretty obvious to me now that that guy himself that was syndicating my show had some phenomenal tax snarl with the government he was probably desperately trying to get out of. And he had probably tried to negotiate his fee down with the guy by saying, hey, uh, look, how about I pay you half in cash and the rest I give you is a two-hour infomercial on this show I'm syndicating. Jesus. Um, what was my point? Um, I think what makes it especially frustrating for people, though, when they're doing their taxes is you just sort of assume I mean, look, the government knows about everything you're doing anyway. I mean, the government has access to your – I'm not trying to be a conspiracy guy, but this is all true. The government has access uh, to, your, to your tax records, to your uh, – uh, you know, to your um, – to any public documents you filed, property you might own. So the idea that you have to sit and fill out everything you own and how much it's worth and what you're spending and investing is a little ridiculous because you know the government already has that information anyway. You really ought to be able to just go to irs.gov, you type in your name and your social security number, and it automatically fills in the forms for where all your money is going anyway because you know the government already knows it. Well, if you use Quicken, it does it automatically anyway. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about money. Let's talk about taxes all day. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Well, Blockbuster has offered to pay more than a billion dollars for striking Circuit City stores, but the nation's biggest electronic reseller is questioning whether the movie rental company can finance the deal. Uh, Circuit City shares climbed 35%, and we're still talking about money. Uh, a man is cleared of smuggling lizards in a fake leg. Is that better? A man has been acquitted of smuggling iguanas from Fiji in his hollowed-out prosthetic leg. Jerome James was found guilty of concealing and possessing Fiji Island branded iguanas, the best kind, and still faces 20 years in prison. So he'll go before a jury. The Long Beach, California man stole the lizards while he was visiting the uh, South Pacific Island in September 2001. While prosecutors revealed during an undercover investigation, Mr. James had confessed to selling three of those iguanas for $32,000. Police seized four of the neon-striped reptiles when they searched his house after obtaining a search warrant. They say the iguanas, which are protected by an international treaty, would have entered into a breeding program in the U.S. He's back in court in July. And by the way, just one final observation about taxes. Rick, this email says, Speaking of the self-employed, I just got my taxes done. Two things. Even though I didn't pay taxes last year, I'm somehow getting a refund. I don't know why either, but I'm not going to ask questions. But, you know, and w when something like that happens where you sort of get a refund that you weren't expecting or more than you thought you should, that sort of becomes like that story that guy told us on Friday about the ATM was spitting out $100 bills. He was sort of he was sort of torn about whether to take it or not. And so he split the difference by taking the money out of the ATM because he was just walking up to the ATM and it started giving him $100 bills. And so he, he took the money. And this is outside the bank. He took the money, walked into the bank so that people would think he was doing the right thing and returning it, and then just walked out the other side and went home. <laughs> uh, he says, but just to stick it to me, even though I work for myself from home, yes, I have to pay a TriMet tax. You know, for people who use public transportation to go to a real job. What sort of logic is that? I'm paying for people to use something I don't need. Go government. There you go. Welcome, welcome to our hell, sir. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, this program is becoming too highbrow, I think. Let's move on. Let's talk about uh, what do we have? What do we have that's lowbrow? Uh, horrified uh, retired people uh, ran from a swimming pool in Manchester, England, after spotting excrement in the water. <laughs> well done. Uh, management of the Upstrom Leisure Center removed the unwanted floater. <laughs> really? Then informed swimmers that it was not diarrhea and they would not clean the pool. But they closed it and offered a refund for those affected. <laughs> Wait. Uh, friends of Raymond Lockhart and Ken Mills, who were both 71, made the unpleasant discovery this week 
while on their afternoon after 40 swim. Uh, Ken said, I was swimming along when I noticed it on the bottom of the pool and uh, told one of the attendants, it does uh, turn you off from swimming there. Wait, it was diarrhea? No, it was not. Well, what was it? It was just a regular floating one. Uh, the last time this happened, the pool was closed, and we feel it should have happened this time. Why did they feel... We feel it should have been closed down and cleaned Wait. properly, or at least offered a refund, Wait. especially after swimming costs have risen 100% recently. You expect a bit of cleanliness. Let me let me back up for a second. Why would they, why would they feel the need to clarify that it's not diarrhea? Well, apparently for insurance reasons, they've issued a public statement from the uh, pool people. Quote, there was an incident at the upstream pool regarding solid feces at around 1.40 in the afternoon. Part of the stool was in one area of the pool that was removed by a member of the public without any consent or knowledge of the lifeguards. As soon as the lifeguards oh. were alerted to the issue, the pool was emptied of customers, and the remaining stool was removed by the lifeguards. <laughs> I love the word stool. Following this was a pool test that included... The pool was within, say, parameters. As such, the pool did not need to be closed. So, wait, so they didn't even drain the pool afterward? Well, no, it's been deemed safe. <laughs> okay. There's, it's like a, it's like the acceptable amount of roach uh, legs or something that you I can have in a pizza every year. You would accept this with uh, people over the age of 40 well, swimming in the pool. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, not, I'm still back. I, I can see you putting it on the discard pile, Tim. Um, but I am still... Un well, first of all, there's many many things I don't understand about this story, as there always are in KCMD Portland. Mm -hmm. One thing Let's is... Let's take them one at a time. Okay. Can, you just, can we just take this one sentence at the top of the beginning and we'll analyze this story a bit? Horrified, retired people ran from a swimming pool in Manchester. Okay, that's really funny because don't you see, like, immediately in your head, it's a movie where it's like an aerial shot, and they're just sort of, ha, like fleeing in all directions. All right. Mm -hmm. After spotting excrement in the water. Okay. Management at Ermstrom Leisure Center removed the unwanted floater, then informed swimmers that it was not diarrhea and they would not close the pool. Okay, so that's my question right there. Why would they bother to issue a distinction? Like, why would you bother pointing out that it's not diarrhea? Like, how does that make it better or worse? Do you know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, would that I, make I, you... I, I don't spend any time in, in swimming pools at all. <laughs> would that really? Is that true? Yeah, I don't like water. Uh, <laughs> I worked on a boat once, but it couldn't leave the area. I don't like water. I, don't. I have this image of you at home in the morning going to like one of those George Jetson conveyor belt things where it just cleans you with a misty alcohol bath. And like a gamma radiation thing that cleans you. No, I always, I always keep uh, an, an eye on the footage around the pool that says, I know if it says six, I could drown. <laughs> if I go over six, there is a possibility that I could drown. I won't go that far. I'm just intrigued by the idea that you're in a pool, you see waste. The human solid waste, but then they want to make it okay by saying, no, 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 it's not diarrhea, because that would somehow make it better. No. All right, okay. Continue? No, no, except to skip to the end where it says that, that part where they say that part of it was taken out without their consent. Uh, let's see here. As soon as the lifeguards were alerted to the issue, the pool was emptied of customers and the remaining stool was removed by lifeguards. Yeah. So when the pool test was conducted and they showed that the pool was within safe parameters. All right. At such... The pool did not need to be closed. Well, okay. There you go. That is low, that is low Brad, Tim. Thank you. You're welcome. Well done. Uh, let's see here. We have a Tim Riley question on taxes. And I am not an expert. And this one, here's another one that says, needs guinea pig, and then a mystery call. Tim? Mystery call. All right. Uh, let's see here. Let's take... Uh, 
this. Hello, hi, mystery call. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Oh, wow, how about that? Uh, I was just calling to weigh in on the fecal matter the in the stool. pool. stool, yes. Uh, I just, it seems obvious why they would say it's not diarrhea. Because diarrhea would, you know, dilute the water. It would dilute in the water, and it would just be everywhere. Oh, I see. Okay, no, no, no. And this is a, a solid... Okay, now let's, let's back up for a second. Because this is, and we want to note, this is a news story here on the News Hour on KCMB Portland, a news talk radio station. This is a health issue, is it not, Tim? I would, I would think so. Okay, it's so a concern of every American. That is a, that is a fair point. Um, that if it is a relatively uh, solid waste, you can be reasonably sure that most of the contaminants are removed from the pool and it does not pose a health risk. But if the rest of it is sort of diffuse into the water because of the form in which it uh, exists. If it's a liquid form. <laughs> then, then, then then they would have to drain the pool lest everybody uh, start rotting away. Correct. Well that, noted. That's my take. Well noted. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Have All a right. good day. Thank you. Fantastic. Wonderful. Um, let's see. Why is the show so gross today? Was it this gross on Friday? Uh, yes, it was. Oh, and Friday, you didn't even catch the story about somebody having a dental hypodermic break-off in the back <gasps> of their mouth. Uh, oh, by the way, speaking of which, we still need to get somebody to come in and be subjected to that Richie video. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Well, I'll try to bring it up a notch for Sarah. Um, got a friend that's a medical student, and she's looking for a male to do a male genital exam. And I thought of you. I don't understand. What? <laughs> I have a friend that's in medical school, and she needs to do an exam where she needs to bring in a man to do... Why do people because then immediately? Too many chances. When I why? say let's not why? repeat the word, why do they then immediately repeat the word? Don't say that. Oh, you mean the word blank? I know that Lycus goes through this like a hundred times a day in his program, but really, it does astound me when when I have to bleep something and then I ask people, I say let's not use that word. They they then want to clarify the word by saying it again. Okay, uh, dude, hang on, hold, just stay there for a bit. We're going to take we're gonna take a breather here, do some other news. We'll come back in a second. So let's really not use that phrase. Uh, oh, exactly. What a clock oh, Jesus. How All right. that happen? Here's Tim Riley. Well, a nervous thief who threw up after running away from a holdup last year has been jailed after police matched his DNA with a pool of vomit left behind. <laughs> Amin Habib Jaloub was found guilty of aggravated robbery. Wait, this well, hold on. Was he, was he robbing with Alfredo Van Bladel and Felina Spleens? Uh, the court said uh, Jalul had vomited out of fear outside the post office before taking up in a stolen car with accomplices and $3,700 in cash. And forensic analysis showed that the vomit matched the DNA. Yes? I'm listening. That's the end of the story. That's the end of the story. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm sorry. So much for Amid Habib Jalul. So you can't dust for vomit, but you can test for a vomit DNA. Whose dirty job is that? <laughs> I don't really know. Uh, I wonder if that's like when you're, uh, when you were like, the it's like been the last guy picked for the softball team or something. The last guy picked has to, uh, has to sift through vomit. All right, let's do uh, one more here, and then we'll, um, and then we'll attempt to take that call again. Here's Tim Riley. A study of Oxford University has shown that some 20% of married couples read their partner's emails and text messages without the other's knowledge. 10% find their partner's visited site's history motivated by suspicion of online infidelity. 
6,012 married couples were polled by the university, with 97% saying they disapprove of their partners falling in love with somebody else online, and 85% said they really didn't like their partner flirting As opposed to the others who approve, I am wholeheartedly in favor of. <laughs> go fall in love I, on the Internet. I think it's a fine idea. Let me... Let me go to uh, let me go to uh, thehornysluts.com right now. All right, uh, it's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. All right, uh, just let me reset for a second, and then we'll do some more news. We got other things to get to. Uh, coming up, we have the top five today. Uh, we will talk a little bit more about Rick Emerson Listener Party two thousand eight. Uh, Emerson's eleven happening Thursday, May fifteenth, eight p.m. at the Crystal Ballroom. Uh, we have this production demo from when I was a, a young uh, radio lad to get to. I have this great thing done in a computer voice that a guy sent me. Um, let's see, we have the uh, the Richie Bristol uh, video rodeo to get to. And that's we're probably going to have to find somebody to do that, like now, so that they can come in and do it later on in today's program. Uh, and this is the video of Richie. I won't be graphic. I'll describe it more graphically later. But this is the video of Richie... Um, he had this inflammation, a swollen face, and he decided just to take take care of it at home with with a thumbtack. Have you seen the Have you seen the hole? No. Oh, the hole in his face. Well, he was standing right here next to me. I think it's getting bigger. The hole is getting bigger. Yes, he's like growing a second mouth there. <laughs> Pretty soon he'll be like that two-faced baby in India. Um, it just seems like that is a thing you ought to leave to a physician. Do you know what I mean? Like if you if you go in, the physician has the whole tray full of instruments and the table and whatever, and he's like, "I'm sorry, we're gonna have to make a two foot, you know, or two inch cut, you know, on the inside of your mouth." It seems like the idea that you could just take care of that at home with a push pin, that just seems a little ill advised. So we've already had a few people who watched the video, and apparently it's just like one of the worst things they've ever seen. Ever. Was he by himself in the video? Was somebody helping him with it? Don't ask me. I haven't watched it. I got a. I read just the description. And thought to myself, that's a thing I don't need to see. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, I, I mean, really, I, the thing about that Two Girls, One Cup video is it's just traumatized all of us. It, it's actually made me, I think a lot of people feel like that Two Girls, One Cup thing sort of uh, toughened us up. You know, like after that, I can watch anything. But I think with me, it's had the opposite effect where having had that video put into my head, I just, I'm now afraid to see anything. I'm now like, check out this bitch in video. Like, unless I know for sure that it's just like puppies and flowers, I don't hit play. I just delete it. I delete it with extreme prejudice. Um, oh, God, really? Why do you type these things to me on the screen? What? Richie just typed the worst thing ever about the filming of that video. Oh, God, no, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. know. Like, really, I'm not even joking. Tim, do you want to know? No, I don't want to no, know. No, no, Okay, so here's the thing. No. Delete. Just... <laughs> no, Delete. Here's, here's the thing. What are you making me, like... Okay. I have the worst phrase ever. We'll let the audience vote in a bit on whether I utter this phrase on the air. It's not profane. It's just... It's just... Horrifying. Everything having to do with Richie draining his head is like the worst thing ever. I love And the colors that are coming. Oh, God. It's Rich, just, taste the rainbow, no. Sarah. All right. Um, no. All right. So, hey, sir, are you still there? Oh, am I out of timeout? There's no need. Don't be smart. I'm just saying, here's the thing, sir. We on this program err a little bit, as Sarah will tell you, on the side of caution. Uh, the, some things that other radio, I say as we're talking about pus, uh, but 
in terms of sexual organs and so forth, uh, things that other programs might say, let go on the air, be fine with, we're, we're, we're a little quick on the dump button just because we don't like to work blue. So here's the thing. So typically, and this is not just you, I don't mean for you to feel like I'm beating up on you. Please don't feel like you're being singled out for whatever. But when we say, like, hey, I had to bleep the last phrase, we had to bleep that word, whatever, just do me a favor and don't then. I know it's difficult because you want to clarify what word it is that, you know, we're referring to. Just try to, to not then, like, repeat the word because then we have to dump it again and then it's the whole thing. So don't want you to feel like we're being the, you know, jerks about it. It's just one of those I things that we, we try to be really, you know, we try to be very circumspect, sexually speaking. So. That's I tried to ask some uh, Nike or uh, Dayquil today because I'm kind of under the weather as well. Uh-huh. I realized I took Nyquil, so I'm kind of out of it too. <laughs> well done. Okay, we'll we'll forgive it then. So you have a friend who is a medical student who, as part of her whatever is schooling, needs to do an examination in front of a class of the male member. I don't I don't know if it's in front of a class. We'll have to you know talk to her about the details. It's just at home after a few drinks. You're <laughs> right in the closet. No, it's probably like in front of an instructor, I'm guessing, maybe a small class. But it is, it's public to some degree. It is a public examination. Exactly. And so is she uh, looking for somebody, or are you looking for somebody on her behalf? Well, yeah, she asked me if I knew somebody. And Does she know that you're asking on the radio? She, yes, I did tell her what's all going right. on. And um, I like her voice now is all. Richie wants to know if she's cute. Sure she is. Uh, what celebrity would you say she most resembles? She's married to my friend, so... Well, that's okay. And I don't think he's asking permission to have sex with her. Let's see. Uh, who does she resemble? That's a tough one. Everybody looks like somebody. I'm never, I'm never, I'm never good at those questions. Well, but ble- if you can, uh, briefly describe what she looks like. Um, let's see. Uh, she looks like a cute Kitty Couric. How's that? <laughs> a cute? Or, how, about, how about a nerdy Kitty Couric? Okay. Uh, all right, Richie. She apparently looks like a nerdy but cute Katie Couric. Richie is asking, um, oh, no. Richie is asking, um, what if, um, what if he, uh, uh, achieves and or sustains during the procedure? Well, I guess you get a, a bonus point. All right. Uh, so Richie, are you volunteering to be the, uh, to be the examined person? Is this... Well, you could, you could ask your listeners, too. Maybe there's, if Ricky, uh, so Ricky, sorry. If we're, actually, if we're actually giving away on the air the chance to have your friend examine their member in front of an, in front of an instructor. All right, I'll tell you what. I'm going to put you on hold. Richie, will you get this guy's contact info? Uh, and then maybe we'll do something with that. All right, sir. Thank you. Uh, that's Sam. Richie, we get Sam's uh, email, and uh, we'll get in touch with him. Let's do a couple of these, and then we'll uh, do an Insta poll about the worst phrase that Richie's ever said. Then later on, we'll do uh, the Richie Bristol uh, video rodeo and uh, more from Tim here in just a second. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, good day to you, sir. Hello. I was uh, just calling in to say that it sounded like Tim's processing had quite a bit of echo in it. And uh, yours sounded fine, but his uh, sounded a little echoey. Tim, there. do you sound echoey? Not to my knowledge. There's no uh, echo now he, here, now sir. He sounds, now he sounds better. It sounds like he was talking into a pail. Um, have you, did, did you notice that the, uh, Spike TV is showing all of the Star Wars films every Sunday? Yes, sir. As a matter of fact. Wait. As a matter of fact, sir, uh, did you know that the saga began April 4th at 8 p.m. 7 central and tune in each week for Star Wars Sundays every Sunday starting April 20th at 9 p.m. 8 central on Spike? 
I guess I did watch that on Spike. Channel, uh, I believe, 168 on your Dish Network. Yeah, Spike, is, uh, Spike is helping us give away the Star Wars trilogy on DVD, so yes. Oh, nice. Is it uh, original release, re-re-re-release, special release, or is George Lucas screwed with it again? I don't know. Somebody gave it like a million people. I don't know. I don't know if I want those. You know, and as I always say, it really is a free set of three Star Wars DVDs, so you'll, uh, you'll, you'll take it anyway. Okay, so Empire's on last night, followed by Jedi, uh -huh. and then when you surf down to stars, Clerks is playing afterwards. And really? Of course, you know, yes, I swear to you. You know that's not an accident either. You know that that's a, that's a little oh, counter-programming is what that is. Yeah, somebody was on there saying, oh, dude, you know what we should play is Clerks after. Totally. But while I'm sitting there watching, I'm seeing that, uh, you know, because you can't just watch the movie. You've got to watch the TV Guide channel at the same time to see what else is on. Sure. Um, I'm seeing, you know, as Jedi's on, and I'm watching the Stormtroopers, and I'm thinking of, you know, what Randall says. And then I'm thinking, are the Stormtroopers still clones at this time, and once you get to the final three, or... You, you know, mean, the by, by the time you get to Empire and Jedi, are they yeah. still clones? Exactly. I would imagine, yeah. why would they not be? Well, I don't know. And then where are the rest of the clones? I mean, how do they defeat them so quickly, and that's just the end of it? Uh, I don't know. There should be so many more. This is clearly something we're going to have to revisit on Friday. Well, I'm just to saying, and you know the you know that ending scene there in Jedi, the, uh, with the fleet. Is that the whole fleet? Because there's got to be far more ships than just that. I don't know. That's the same thing I always wondered about V, because on V they, uh, or you know, for that matter, on Independence Day, uh, where they blow up all of the ships that are around planet Earth. But you know that there's a home world somewhere that everything came from. So well, there's there's got to be, and that's why they can keep doing you know the Aliens versus Predator films. It's true. All right, thank you. All right, uh, a couple more, and then we'll do news with Tim Riley while we uh, prepare for an Insta poll. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. What's up? I just got a question. I know Sarah didn't get to watch it, and you're not a big Family Guy fan. Yes. But last night they had Stewie and Brian watching the Two Girls One Cup video. I heard that was my friend was really? watching. He said it was just goddamn hilarious. Excellent. It was hilarious. And then he leaves a. I won't say what he says at the end, but he he leaves the opening for everyone to go look at another website. Fantastic. All right. Well, uh, I'll, I'll do, share that with you. Uh, no, Sarah is sort of uh, badgering me to watch Family Guy. And so at some point, when I catch up on 30 Rock, Family Guy may be the thing that I sort of uh, I give it another shot. So. Yeah, same thing. You'll ride your bike. Okay, Rick. Keep telling yourself that. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. Look at the votes of confidence you get from the audience. I think people are uh, getting into pre-roast mode right about now. That's what I think. Oh, by the I way. I think people just want you to support mentally retarded children well, and ride your damn bike. Well, that's not going to happen. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Don't be a fool. Yes, hi. Hello. Yes, hi. Hello. All right. Final call uh, before the Instapol. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, Rick. Hello, hi. Hi. Quick uh, thing on that Star Wars thing. Yeah. Of course, they're clones, because in Episode 4, when Luke goes into Leia's cell, she says, aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? Oh, that's there true, because go. they'd all be of a uniform height. Exactly. And secondly, there's not that that is the the fleet because at the time George Lucas was just making it up as he went along. Okay, it wasn't planned. <laughs> so there you are. <laughs> okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. Uh, that little great sort of quasi maniacal, quasi self satisfied laugh at the end. Wonderful. All right, so here's the deal. We're gonna do an insta poll here. Uh, but in the meantime we'll do uh, some news with Tim Riley uh, while we're while we're priming the insta poll. So here's the thing. Richie Bristol while discussing uh, this home surgery that he performed on Friday, he just typed the worst phrase that I think I've ever read on the screen. Because Richie and I have a little 
talkback thing. It's like a, it's like instant messenger basically, but it's just on the CBS system. So he can tell me like if somebody you know line two is especially great or Steve Kastenbaum's a holder or whatever. Um, so he typed the worst thing on the screen here. Tim and Sarah preemptively said they don't want to hear it. Mm-mm. If we do reveal it, we'll give everybody a five second warning so you can block your ears. But the thing is, it, it's really awful. It's really repellent. Do you mind if I don't listen? Well, you don't have to listen, but I'm saying I'm going to let the audience vote on whether we even say it. So here's the thing. It's 503-733-2970. We're going to do an Insta poll about whether uh, we ought to repeat this phrase that Richie just told me about his home surgery. It's 503-733-2970. In the meantime, here's Tim Riley. Deadline Baltimore. Scientists using federal grants spread fertilizer made from human and industrial waste on yards of poor blank neighborhoods to test whether it might protect children from lead poisoning in the soil. Families are assured the sludge is safe, but haven't been told about any of the harmful ingredients. Sludge is never safe, by the way. Ah, uh, the sludge, our researchers say, put children at less risk of brain and nerve damage from lead. A highly toxic element once used in gasoline and paint, lead has been shown to cause brain damage among children. The idea is that sludge, the leftover semi-solid waste filtered from water pollution, at 16,500 treatment plants can be turned into something harmless, even if swallowed. So they're they're testing this stuff right now on the yards of poor black children. It's a real story. Well, there you go. All right. So it says it's actually good for them. Many complain, well, you're unpatriotic. Uh, <laughs> why, why, why don't you think the surge is working? Uh, here's a great email that says, hey, Rick, uh, we never really get to the bottom of Richie's persona. Uh, E.g., he has no sense of smell. He is a potential millionaire. He practices self-surgery. I feel like Richie needs a better theme to go along with his personality. May I suggest a parody song? Yes, Secret Asian Man, to the tune of Secret Agent Man. You know you're going to be singing Secret Asian Man to yourself and others all day long. It's genius. Come on. All right. I do like that, sir. That's a good idea. Uh, let's see here. What else do we have? Um, all right. Uh, let's do the Instapol here. We're going to do this Instapol. We'll do... Uh, Sarah, how long? 60 seconds? Oh, sure. Okay, so let me get the, um... Remember to wait the 40 seconds. <laughs> All right, let me, uh, let me get this from, from where we, uh, from where we begin, we'll time it at 60 seconds. So keep an eye on the clock, and we will now do an Insta poll. This is whether or not I should repeat this awful phrase that Richie said to me while describing his self-surgery. 60 seconds begins now. Hi, should we repeat the phrase? Hey, Rick, Dave the Carpenter, just say it. All right, thank you. Uh, hi, Rick Emerson Show Instapol. Should we repeat this phrase? Say the phrase. What's the worst that could happen? All right. Hi, Rick Emerson Show. Uh, should we repeat the phrase? Welcome back, Sarah. Yeah, say the phrase. And the URL where we can find it. All right. Thank you. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show Instapol. Should we repeat Richie's phrase? Yes, say the phrase. Ride your bike. Thank you. <laughs> well, we'll do one of those things. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show uh, Instapol. Should we repeat this phrase? Absolutely. All right. Thank you. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Should we repeat this awful phrase Richie typed? Well, of course. Didn't you take a whole bank of phone calls about people squeezing pus from their face last week? That is true. Thank you. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Should we repeat this phrase? Yeah, yes, you do. <laughs> okay. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Final call. Should we repeat the phrase? You have to repeat the phrase. All right. Thank you, sir. Later. All right, there you go. All it's right. the phrase that pays. Well... 
or something. Uh, all right, you guys, uh, you guys want to be able to take off your headphones? Yes. All right. Yeah, so here's no. the thing. I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you the five second warning here when we get to it. Tim, so, you don't have to leave me, are you? No, no, no. You can just, okay. I'll whisper it into the, oh, and I'll whisper it into the microphone so that you all don't inadvertently hear it. Okay. I will give you a warning before I reveal the phrase. Let me give you a little backstory. So Richie, as you know, has this strange uh, ailment with his face, um, and he had a lot of swelling going on. He goes into the doctor on Wednesday. They think it's root canal. They do x-rays. No problem with his teeth. They realize that he just has a lot of, it's a lot of swelling, and they feel they've and got stuff. to, uh, and stuff. And they feel it's like when you, like, uh, you know, it has to be drained. There's no getting around it. Uh, so they make an incision, and they, you know, dra- drain it and get everything out. Uh, he's at home Friday, notices the swelling is back, and as he put it, even worse this time. So he decided to take care of matters himself by, thankfully, he set up a webcam before he did this, always thinking of the show, Richie. Um, he, he stood in front of a mirror so he could see what he was doing, set up a camera, took out a big push pin, you know, like they hang up a, like a, like a poster of Leaf Garrett with, uh, sterilized it with a cigarette lighter, and then jabbed his, uh, his you know, the, the swelled area, the swollen area, jabbed it with a, uh, with a push pin. All right. Okay, everybody, here's your five-second warning. This is the time when you can take off your headphones or turn down the radio for ten seconds. So Richard revealed that. He says that. He says, yes. Yes. I can still hear him talking. All right. Really, you have to. People out there, I've got the radio turned down. Okay. Are you guys guys blocking your ears now? He said. He said. He said. He. He's, he's, Tim is actually sticking his head behind a curtain. He said he actually squeezed his cheek and his keyboard filled with pus. There you go. All right. All right. Yes. Apparently it was completely full. There you go. And we're done. I guess completely. I don't even know how you would clean that. Oh, no. No, no, no. I didn't say anything. Oh, we're done. I've already said it. I'm just saying I don't even know how you would how you get that out. I, uh... All right. I don't think it matters no. at this point. <laughs> I'm not even. I don't even know how you'd go about remedying that situation. You might have to just buy a new one. All right. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Well, it's not for us to decide. No. Oh look, they found an X-rated movie of Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. It's 50 minutes of 60 millimeter film footage in which the original blonde bombshell performs a type of sex of an unidentified man. It was sold for 1.5 million dollars. It was bought by a well-known memorabilia collector who discovered the film and brokered its purchase. The footage appears to have been shot in the mid-50s when it came to light that FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover and his agents spent two weeks trying to prove that Marilyn Monroe's sex partner was either JFK or RFK. Yeah. It is silent. It's black and white. It shows Marilyn Monroe on her uh, knees in front of the man whose face is never shown. It never moves into the shot, indicating he knew the camera was rolling, but Marilyn Monroe never looks at the lens either. Uh, this fellow Morgan said he discovered the film while during research for a documentary on Monroe after talking with a former FBI agent who told him about a confidential informant who tipped off the G-men to the existence of this film in the mid-50s. Uh, the feds eventually uh, confiscated the original footage, but not before the informant made a copy of it. As they always do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let's see. This is a really fascinating story. I don't think really uh, the people properly appreciate how fascinating this is. 
so then there were, let's see, they've classified FBI documents talking about this French-type film. It states, it was exhibited to agents, a motion picture which depicted deceased actress Marilyn Monroe committing a perverted act upon an unknown male. The informant was at least uh, one mobster at the time. Hmm. Now, let's be honest. Don't we all just assume it's Kennedy? I mean, really. When you when you hear the story, don't you just kind of go, well, it's probably JFK. But it says mid-50s, and I don't think they had met by then. Is that true? Yeah. Well, he would have only been, a, what, a senator or something? Or was he even a, yeah, senator, a senator at that point? Um, so they, I, mean, I, mean, I don't think he was able to stand up at that point because he was on all that pain medication. <laughs> Wait, is he standing or sitting? He is standing. The person in the film is standing. Have you seen it? Oh, no, no one no, has. No, I haven't. <laughs> I say hopefully. Where can I see it? Um, no, but I, I guess uh, I guess no one has seen it because this guy bought it for a million and a half dollars to keep. What kind of fun is that? Buys it just to keep us from seeing it. You can tell what a weird how the internet has warped all of us. Because as soon as I hear that there's a sex film of Marilyn Monroe, I immediately assume that it's my right to see it as an American. <laughs> as an American. There's no hesitation. You're, uh, no. you're angry that you haven't seen it yet. I automatically assume that I should be allowed to see it because it's a celebrity getting it on, and therefore uh, I'm entitled. I live here. Look, I pay taxes. What What am I paying taxes for if I can't see Marilyn Monroe giving it to some guy? Uh, I love stories like this, uh, not just because it's a celebrity sex tape. It's not really that. It is it, really the thing that makes it so compelling is, A, that it's from the 50s, so it's from a different era, because things like this... I know it sounds weird to compare this to like a bootleg recording of a concert or something, but it is like a weird window into the past. And also, of course, the other thing that makes it fascinating is that you never see the guy's face. It's just... (laughs) Well, you know what I mean. You just see her head and face. Her... You're going to have to dump yourself again. The thing is, you don't even have to dump that, but of course, it's just so drilled into us at this point that I just did it automatically. Her upper regions. Well... You know what I'm saying? Well, look, here we go. Um, Her so, thinking cap. <laughs> the Monroe is clothed, and the man's head remains out of the frame. So says Reuters. Um, anywho, uh, but you know, you just don't—you have no idea who it is, and so of course, immediately, yeah, in my head, I'm like, well, it's got to be JFK, because because the thing is, I want it to be JFK. Like that's you just want it to be the president. And, of course, um, Hoover would have a copy of it. I mean, you just – man, you know what I watched again this weekend was uh, Nixon, the, the Oliver Stone film. I finally finished watching Nixon. Just what a great movie that is. It's just fantastic. And what a fascinating guy J. Edgar Hoover was who just had files on everybody. Yeah. Do you know that J. Edgar Hoover was born in 1895, they think? But they don't really know that because no birth certificate was filed for him until 1938 when he was already, like, in his 40s. It's just there's nothing known about J. Edgar Hoover's first 40 years on planet Earth. It's just they know almost nothing about it. For the guy who ran the FBI, nobody even really knows the first four decades of his life. All we need now is that photograph of Clyde Tolson. Um, anyway, so there's the 15 minutes of the film. Um, one of Monroe's ex-husbands, the late baseball great Joe DiMaggio, once tried to buy it from the collector for 25 grand, but the collector, uh, the, uh, collector would not part with it. Um, anyway, so there you go. Uh, so it's a silent black and white film. This guy bought it, and he bought it just to keep it off the market. That just makes me angry. Well, all right. So there you go. It's a different time. Uh, let's see here. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. 
Hi, Rick. This is Charlie. I just what? wanted to uh, just wanted to thank you for being forthright with uh, with Richie because, as we all know, pus isn't something you can sweep under the rug. That's true. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, how's it going? What's up? Three quick things. One, uh, when you were telling me that story, I was imagining him typing while some weird milky liquid was splashing around the room. Two, I did my own uh, toe surgery. And three, you should always accelerate towards blind people while driving in a Prius. Thank you. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Rick, from Greg from Rick, uh, Lake Oswego. Remember on Friday how the audience was crazy? Yes. Hi, what's up? Yes? Yes, hello, sir. Yeah, it's Greg from Lake Oswego. Yes. Hey, why, don't forget with uh, Lisa Desjardins, you could do a freedom of information request because the original file and film is still with the U.S. government. Is that true? Did, did it say that the original? Yeah, I think the story said the original is there, and the guy made a copy. So that Tim, means it, the original still with the FBI. Tim, does it say that the FBI had the original? It doesn't say the FBI. It just says the government. The government. No, okay, no, well, you I'm, do I'm a freedom of information with her being your point person and get the film. We should totally do that. We should. There you go. We should. Thank you, sir. That's a great suggestion. Thank you. We should completely file an FOIA act and just demand the Marilyn Monroe sex film. Uh, because the government has it, and uh, and because it, uh, you know, and, and, be, and, and because we're bored. Uh, we, we should demand John McCain <laughs> as his first active president. Hey, did you hear this thing that John McCain is not an American citizen? Is that well, true? He was, well, he was born in Panama, and oh. uh, Panama, the canal zone at that time, was considered, I guess, part of America. Is that, we, I wonder if we that's claim that part. Technically true. Really? Yeah, without without asking at the, that time. Without asking the Panamanians, I'm yeah. sure. It, By the way, the American zone. this is now part of America, in your face. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Uh, Let's break no. now. Taking a, taking a break. Back after this. It must be open night. So open people, night. <laughs> Jesus. Seriously. Do we have, at the Gretchen like, Funny Bone. <laughs> comedy slot here Welcome today? To catch a rising star. Here's what's coming up. Uh, we got to find somebody to come in and watch the Richie Bristol video. Uh, so when we come back, we will find uh, a participant for uh, Rick Emerson's Video Rodeo. Still to come, uh, top five. Uh, let's see what else. i got to play this great computer voice thing uh, that a listener sent to us. Jim Rube coming up later on. Have you seen this awful meatloaf television commercial? No, but I'd like to. Have you watched it, Sarah? Yes. Oh, man. It's great. No, we'll play it for Tim. Because I just saw it this weekend. It's it's like one of the worst things that's ever existed. And so, you know, we'll play it relentlessly. Back after this, the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. All right. Yes, spare me the emails. The Donna Mike promo just played. I made a note to myself. Got to remove both by hand. Uh, don't forget the Mike O'Mara Show tonight. Uh, it's uh, basically everybody from the show but Don Geronimo. It's, it's with Mike and Rob and Buzz and Joe Ardinger and Beth Ann McBride, who was their pr- producer for a long time and actually then moved to Portland for a while and now has moved back. Uh, and she'll be on the air with them as well. So that is uh, tonight at 7 o'clock, the Mike O'Mara program. It's 503-733-2970. Okay, here's what we need. Um, so let's see. It's 135. So we need someone who is willing to uh, to watch the Richie Bristol pus video. Uh, and Richie, do we find out if we have something to uh, to give away? Do we find out if, like what we ha- what we have in the, in the sort of prize uh, pile? If we have something that's sort of uh, I don't know that's uh, that's worth it. So because what we'll do is we'll have him come in. We'll do what we do with the uh, with the two girls one cup video. 
Uh, we'll have them come in at, like, I don't know, 2.30 or something today, watch uh, the Richie Bristol Puss video, and then if they can sort of make it all the way through, uh, then they'll uh, then they'll win a, a, a special something. Let's see if I can. Really? Seven copies of Before the Devil Knows You're Dead on DVD. Excellent. With a white-hot and, I think, nude Marissa Tomei, also a nude Philip Seymour Hoffman. Anyway, um, okay. So uh, if you are interested in uh, playing Video Rodeo today, uh, you've got to be able to come to the studio later on, like about an hour from now. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. you got to be able to be here uh, at Southwest First uh, in about an hour. Uh, but if you can make it all the way through the Richie in video. In less than an hour? In less than an hour. Uh, and if you made it all the way through, you win a copy of Before the Devil Knows You're Dead on DVD. So uh, if you're interested, give us a call. It's 503-733-2970. In the meantime, here is Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. A cigarette store cashier has snuffed out a robbery. Dateline Des Moines. A masked man flashed tonight at the cigarette outlet, forcing one of the employees to the floor, then demanding money from another worker. Instead of cash... The worker threw cans of chewing tobacco at the robber. One of them hit him in the face. A customer then tackled the man, but the robber broke loose and bolted for the door. The cashier, Kitty Peacock, said <laughs> the store has been robbed at least once before, and it needs to stop. Doesn't Kitty Peacock sound like a really old lady who packs a huge gun behind the counter? Oh, from the game of Clue? Yeah, make, make you sort of like a peach cobbler and then shoot you in the face. Yes, Excellent. it should be. Fantastic. Double Geek Watch. Here's your uh, Double Geek Watch yes. uh, for uh, Monday on the Rick Emerson Show. Ugh, this high-speed modem is intolerably slow. In the Quasar Dilemma, remember, you used to... Just a television show. That's all, okay? <laughs> right, but... Because we were wondering if the quantum flux... Just listen on there, there is no quantum flux. There's no auxiliary. There's no goddamn... Shit! You got it? Energize. Part 1. Microsoft's operating system uh, runs most personal computers around the globe, and now, well, it's a cash cow for the world's largest software maker, but you'll never confuse a Windows user with the passionate fans of Mac OS X or even the free Linux operation system, unless it's some, somebody running the Windows XP. A version of Microsoft wants to retire... Fans of the six-year-old operating system set to be pulled off store shelves in June have peppered the Internet with blog posts, cartoons, and petitions. They trumpeted superiority to Windows Vista, Microsoft's latest PC operating system, whose consumer launch last January has been greeted with lukewarm reviews. Uh, lukewarm is putting it mildly, apparently, and I don't, run, I don't know anybody that runs Vista. I think Vista costs like $9,000, mm -hmm. and when you put it on a hit start button, it just breaks your computer. I think that's my understanding of it. And by the way, uh, this pisses me off because I ran Windows 2000 Professional, like, for the longest time, uh, and I put off even getting Windows XP, and I finally just buckled and got Windows XP about five or six months ago, and now Microsoft is getting ready to retire it, which I guess, and I don't know what that means. I think that means that they won't support it, and that if, I, if it goes wrong somehow or it just it goes belly up, they're not going to help me fix it or anything, because they've been so helpful so far. So just another way to further uh, screw me. Thanks so much. Part 2. Author J.K. Rowling is eager to tell a judge this week that one of her biggest fans is in fantasy land if he believes a Harry Potter encyclopedia he plans to publish does not violate her copyrights. A showdown between Rowling and Stephen Vander Ark 
is scheduled to, to last most of the week in U.S. District Court in Manhattan. Rowling is scheduled to testify today in the trial that would be sure to generate some huge interest among Harry Potter fans and the public. Her lawyer has arranged with the judge to have a private security guard for Rowling in the courtroom and for the author to spend breaks in the seclusion of a jury room away from any diehard Potter, uh, Potter fans in attendance. The trial comes eight months after Rowling published her seventh and final book in the widely popular Harry Potter series. The books have been published in 64 languages, sold more than 400 million copies, and spawned a film franchise that has pulled in $4.5 billion at the box office around the world. There you go. There's your double geek watch uh, for Monday on the Rick Emerson Show. By Grapthar's Hammer, by the Sons of Warvan, I shall avenge you. Next. Ooh, loneliness and cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix. Fantastic. All right, we have... Was this... Oh. oh. Was that Sean? I guess it's not. Hey, Richie, what was... Uh... All right. All right, okay. It looks like, okay, so his phone crapped out on us. All right. Uh, hi, Rick Emerson Show. Who's this? This is Chris. Hello, Chris. How can I help you today? Uh, I think it's, uh, I think I know why you don't care for the family guy. For the, for family? Well, because it's, I should say that I have, every time I sort of tune in and watch it, I'm sort of aware that it's kind of, well, they're good at what they do. And it's, it's witty and it's, it's so forth. I just, uh, it doesn't really ever, I don't ever really feel compelled to watch more of it. Well, I think it's like, Watching an animated version of your own thought process. That I mean, is, just, I think, I think you're onto something there. Because it's just, you know, here, you, as you, I mean, as you backwards digress trying to figure out how you got into these weird conversations. It's, I mean, that's exactly what it is. They just go off in these weird tangents. I think that it's somebody else kind of made that observation that they felt that the reason I didn't like Family Guy was just that it was kind of too similar to what we do here every day, which might sort of explain. I mean, you know, and, and I can tell you, I, I grew up not being. Uh, a Howard Stern fan, just because I never lived anywhere where his show was on. In fact, I don't think I ever lived anywhere that had Howard Stern until I moved here in '98. So I couldn't have listened to Howard before the internet, obviously. So I um, it, I, I couldn't have wanted, uh, listened to Howard if I wanted to. But when I finally did move to Portland and I was able to hear the Howard Stern show, I found that I didn't listen, and I think it's because kind of what we do. I mean, in some ways, is, is sort of thematically similar, or the, the the construct of the show is kind of the same, and that's why it didn't really uh, do anything for me. It was just a little too... It felt weird watching it, uh, Family Guy. So maybe that's why. Maybe it's just because it's too similar to our own style of humor. If you're going to start, I would start with their Blue Harvest episode, which was their special uh, hour-long... Basically, it was a complete remake of episode four, Star Wars. You know, I saw that at Fry's the other day, and I almost bought it, and then I did not. It's... it's uh, as a just purely as a Star Wars fan, not as a Family Guy fan, you'll love it. And if you really get into it, that, that'd be the easiest way for you to get into it. I mean, some of the scenes are just scene-for-scene scene reproductions as far as the visual. Excellent. All right, duly noted, my friend. And I, I could do the rodeo if... if uh, well, we'll see. We're, we're, we, we've, got, we've got some other people on hold for that, but uh, thank you, sir. Okay. All right, thank you. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. This is Don. Hey, what's up? I can make it down there in an hour. All right. So this uh, we had somebody who was lined up, and then we lost his call. So now you are willing to watch uh, Richie's pus video uh, for a Richie's shot at... What's uh... video? What's Richie's video? Do you know what you're getting yourself into, sir? You do know it's a video oh, all about oh, but pus, right? I really right? want a copy of uh, The Devil Knows You're Dead. I really want a copy of that song. All right. So this is... So here's the... Here's the deal. So uh, for the video rodeo, you have to come down to the studio today. You got to be able to make it all the way through Richie's uh, YouTube. Wait, before we do anything else, let's uh, if I can get uh, Richie in here. Richie, if you will, will you join us here in the studio? Well, hold, hold on, just, hold on, hold on, sir. Let's get Richie in here. It's quite pungent. All right, Richie. Hello. Hi. How are you? Hello. How you yeah. All right. So, uh, how long is the video? 
one minute fifty eight seconds. One minute fifty eight seconds. Uh, is it? So. And uh, is it clean? Is there? There's no profanity, right? No, I'm screaming though. <laughs> <laughs> Are you by yourself That's or is somebody right. with uh-huh. you? I'm by myself. Okay. Oh. By, I, by I himself. Sat through, I sat through the two girls in the cup, so I can sit through anything. All right. Okay, so here's the deal. So you know where our studios are located. Where are you? Uh, we are at 2040 Southwest 1st, right in downtown. Okay. All right. So uh, your name is Dante. You will be here at, uh, we need you here about 2.30. I will be, I'm in Beaverton. I will be heading over right this very second. All right, sir. We will see you here for Video Rodeo. If you can make it all the way through, you'll win a copy of uh, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead on DVD uh, starring Marissa Tomei and Philip Seymour Hoffman. And that's 2040 Southwest First. Yes, it is, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, all right. So come to the, there. the gatekeeper will be just, expecting you. Just checking out the gate. Okay. All right. Thank you. Bye. All right. It really does sound like we just have a gate and <laughs> we're just behind it. <laughs> eh, like the mouth of Sauron. So, Richie, how bad would you say this is to watch on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, well, this one actually isn't the worst one. Well, what's the worst what's one? The... He's got to watch whatever the worst one is. Well, unfortunately, the one I hit the gold, when I hit gold, I didn't <gasps> have the camera like ready. <laughs> but oh, well... I got another one that has more stuff than the first one. Well, I, and it doesn't have audio, though. Wait, hold on. How many different uh, videos of this are there? Three. <laughs> Why? Why? Was someone filming you, or were you? No, you it was a webcam, and my. Never mind. I won't talk about the keyboard. You, but you were just. Uh, but you were just sort of rolling film on yourself during this whole self-surgery well, procedure. It was kind of like when I threw up on the sidewalk thing. I did it the first time and went, "Wow, that was great." And then I went and. And then your first. So your your first thought was, "Wow, that was great," and then your second thought was, "I have to do that again and capture it for posterity and for the radio program." Yeah. So I. Depleted the majority of Is everybody the hearing this uh, this devotion right here? Is everybody hearing the length? No, Richie is a you know he's a great asset to the show. He's a fabulous boy, and I'm sorry that his face hurts so bad. She looks queasy. It really it's is. Just, it really grosses me. Like that kind of stuff, like pus, and that it just really. That's my really gross, not able to handle thing. Reggie, I uh, I am glad you did this. I uh, <laughs> I am eternally in your debt. Really, this is another Scotty Who moment. Of all of the many things that Scotty did in the program, uh, really nothing comes close to this. So. Uh, so you've got uh, one that has audio but is only okay in terms of horrifying somebody. Yeah. The other is worse but there's no sound. Yeah, that's probably the one you should play because it uh, doesn't have audio. How though. bad is the audio? Do you think? No, it doesn't. It's it's. No, no, no. On the one that has audio though, how bad is it? I'm most of the time I'm grunting. <laughs> well, what if I say that he has to watch both of them? What is the total running time of both, like back to back? Probably five minutes. Hmm. The second one is, is... It's a really good DVD. All right, here's the thing. Uh, so maybe we should do this. Maybe we should have an initial guinea pig watch both of them and then sort of, you know, kind of figure out what the guy has to watch when he comes in. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. I wonder if there's anybody out there that's already watched them. I mean, if there's anybody... Because you posted uh, them... Squid did, I know, because he wrote... He's just like, absolutely... He's like, I'm not kidding. Do not watch those. Really? Things. Yes. Uh, because you posted on the uh, on the space, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, so here's the thing. If you have seen Richie's videos already, did you post both of them? Yeah. Okay, you posted both the one with audio and without? Yeah. All right. So if anybody has already seen... And keep in mind, I have not. Uh, so if anybody has already seen Richie's uh, post videos... Uh, please not a call. It's 503 Because the thing is, I want the guy to really, you know, work for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's video rodeo for a reason. He's got to really earn the DVD. So if you have seen Richie's videos, uh, please not a call and let us know whether he should watch uh, the audio one, the one without audio, or perhaps both. I'm leaning towards both, but I want to make sure that it's a good use of our time. It's 503 733 
All right, so we'll uh, so uh, we'll we'll figure out which one to show him, and then the guy will be here around two thirty. Uh-huh. Excellent. Thank you, Richie. Okay. Uh, you're looking better. Thank you. All right. He is looking better. He's not looking that much better. <laughs> he doesn't look like the way he looks doesn't gross me out at all. It's just the it's just knowing the what's wrong. Talk and no, not even knowing what's wrong. It's just like hearing in detail, like draining and that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, trust it's me, just... you don't know what detail is, Sarah. <laughs> trust me, you didn't hear that much detail. Um, you don't want to know what I know. I have seen what no man should see. It's making my jaw clench, like thinking about it. <laughs> uh, Tim, how are you doing with this? I'm trying to ignore it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the Ministry of Truth, this is your personal savior. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Well, a teenager whose right hand was partially severed during a tug of war at a high school pep rally is playing his flute again and is doing better than doctors expected six months after the incident. Henry Barnett and Mitch Hepler both had their right hands partially severed in a tug of war. Uh, Barrett said he remembered hearing a snap. And realized almost instantly his, uh. his red hand was missing. It turned muscles into hamburger and severed 90% of the nerves. Uh, what wasn't severed was severely traumatized. Uh, three bones were snapped clear in half. Uh, the accident uh, sent the 11th grader back nearly a semester in school. This is the worst hug of war game ever. But he's uh, playing his flute again and using his right hand to do homework. He's playing his flute again. Well, Tim... You know, when your hand is injured, playing your flute is the hardest thing to master. I suppose that's important for a teenage boy. It, it's it's He was probably very into playing his flute. Yes. And when he injured his hand, okay. not being able to play the flute. Because, look, when you're really into that... What uh, kind of flute do you think he played? I don't know. They didn't specify. <laughs> I don't... I'm sorry. I was I was unprofessional of me. I was trying to trying to gloss forward my uh, my laughter and move forward. Um, the, I was just going to say that sometimes, you know, I'm sure he wanted to play the flute at least once a day. Sometimes more. These things can be hard. Sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. No. Oh, Chris Paddock wants to watch the video. All right, fantastic. Well done, Chris Paddock. Uh, let's do one more, and we'll take a couple calls. We'll have Chris Paddock watch the Puss video. Oh, kids today, it seems that trading nude photos via mobile phone is now part of teen dating. Well done. Yes, forget about passing notes in study hall. Some teens are now using their cell phones to flirt and send nude pictures of themselves. The instant text picture and video messages have become part of some teens' courtship behavior. Police and school officials are concerned. The messages often spread quickly and sometimes find their way to public websites. I've seen everything from your basic strip tease to sexual acts being performed says um, Reynoldsburg Police Detective Brian Marvin, a member of the FBI Cyber Crime Task Force of Central Ohio. You name it, they'll do it in their home under perceived. Well, everyone's watching anyway. Uh, Central High School senior Jerome Ray says he's received unsolicited messages, including one from a classmate while he was sitting with his girlfriend. A lot more girls are aggressive these days. Some girls are crazy, and they're putting themselves <laughs> out there. Uh, Candace Kesley, a teacher from California, said some teenage girls think they need to be provocative to get the boys' attention. No, it is true. As a result, they send photos and hope their parents never see them. It happens a lot, says Kelsey, author of Generation MySpace. Oh, really? This is all about a book. Uh, Many teens are doing it. For instance, a Central Ohio high school teen made a sexual cell phone video of himself and sent it to female classmates. One of the girls forwarded it to the South High School's, uh, oh, she sent it to 30 friends. 
A study last year found teens are placing more than an emphasis on image and fame than in the past. Yeah, I'll think about how kids today are having their morals go down the tube the next time I read about Marilyn Monroe uh, effing a guy on camera 50 years ago. But that's in black and white. <laughs> and you don't see his face. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, now with the technology out there, instead of taking pictures and passing it around the classroom, it's online, which is a whole different ball game. Teens Look. don't see it that way. I couldn't tell if you were done there. I am done. You had kind of a Paul Harvey inflection. I know. Who's waiting for a soundbite? By the way, Aaron says, because Richie is a bastard, he sent me a dude, check out this funny video I made, Link, and like a damn fool, I watched it. Anyway, while his sounds are great, the visual is simply too much too soon. All right. Um, uh, Let's see here. Uh, Well, do some calls. Should we have Chris Paddock come watch it? Yes. All right. Uh, Richie, can we, uh, do you want to have Chris Paddock come into the studio? Uh, Chris Paddock, uh, colleague, program director of uh, Rock 101 KUFO. Uh, let's just do, uh, hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Who this? Hey, how's everyone doing? What's up? Um, well, I watched uh, Richie's video while I was on the phone with him this morning. And, uh, yeah, it's revolting. Now, which, let's oh, now, ahead. again, without being uh, graphic, because Tim and Sarah don't wish to be exposed to even descriptions of this, um, it, did you watch the one with audio or without? Uh, actually, I had the sound down at the time, so I didn't hear anything, but I saw enough. And would you say that it was, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being puppies and rainbows and 10 being the worst thing you've ever seen, where would you place this? Oh, maybe 5, 5.5. Okay, that's not so bad. What's the worst thing you've ever seen? Um, well, I sent the video to you last week. I, I just don't <laughs> think that you, were, you watched it. What I was it? Was, uh, telling Richie, well, hey, watch this video. You'll feel a lot better about your own face once you see this. All right, but you, but it was a, you, but it was, it was, but it was horrifying. Uh, I wasn't horrified. I was talking to Richie about this. That, that I told him that I thought it was maybe like a staph infection or something because mm-hmm. I used to pal around with some dirty hippies who, uh, you know, they were too grossed out, and I just kind of insisted upon getting the irritant out of the wound and cleaning it out, and, uh, yeah. All right. yeah. Thanks. Tim's yeah. taking off his headphones again. <laughs> all right. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Uh, so, um, uh, so Chris Paddock, uh, program director, Rock 101 KUFO. Hello, Thank sir. you. Thank you. Very How good. are you? I'm well. I'm well. I'm very nervous Chris, right now. why would you even so you're volunteer to volunteering watch volunteering to watch uh, this. I don't care about seeing the movie. I wanted to see this because uh, I am attracted to the dark side. And he looks a little bit lately, Richie. He looks like Chunk. Have that, you noticed? He does or, have, no, no, he looks like... Uh, like you expect one of his ears to go... No, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. Are you thinking Sloth? Yes, yeah. pardon me. Sloth from the Goonies. Yeah, he always, you know, he always, he always aims for, uh, he always aims for interesting... Um, uh, so, will uh, Tim is still preparing news, so we'll have to do this on my computer. Uh, Richie Bristol, uh, will you please... Uh, oh, he can use mine. Are you sure? Oh, absolutely. I don't want to hold up the program. That is the same computer where we watch the two girls one cup video. We're all part of the same team, aren't we? It is true. Your Rich, computer is dirty. Tim. Richie Bristol, can you please come to the studio here and uh, get the video ready for Chris Paddock? Thank you, Tim. I was, I was secretly hoping you'd say that so that I don't... So that I don't have no, to be anywhere in the line of fire. Have you seen this, Rick? No. God, oh, no. F no. Okay. Are you kidding? Okay. Oh, what am I, crazy? I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are. All right. All right. Uh, so Chris Paddock, uh, program director, is going to watch uh, the video. And then later on this hour, guy's going to come in. Don is going to come in. And we'll be uh, watching this as part of Rick Emerson's video rodeo. How long is this video? Richie, which one are you queuing up? The one with sound or without? Uh, with sound first. Okay. Are we going to do both? How long is the one with sound, Richie? I think it's two. Two minutes. All right. Now, is it two minutes of all quality, or is there like some dead time at the beginning? Um, I, I, I hustle. Okay, but I mean, to, so you feel like he needs to watch the whole thing? 
Yeah. Okay. Let me get some. Uh, let me get some music ready. Hold on a second. Let me. Uh... <laughs> okay. All right. Hold I'm on. Already, I'm already loving the title. Chris, I think you're gonna so not. Be right. fan. Okay. And this is the one without audio. <laughs> No, this is with audio. This is with audio. Uh -huh. All right, and it's clean. Now, Aaron said the one without audio is the worst. Okay, so what we'll, if we should start? So we'll start. We'll ramp our way up. Okay. Okay, so let me hold on a second. I like how Tim Riley left the studio. He uh, leaves the studio any number of times during the day. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, is the audio going to be? Well, the, uh, the audio is going to be horrifying, I would imagine. <laughs> but it's clean, so that's yeah. I guess what matters. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, it, where can people see this, Richie, if they want to be playing along picture pages style at home? Uh, if you want to see the one with audio, they can go to IBarelyKnewHer.com. Really? With audio? IBarelyKnewHer.com. If you go to IBarelyKnewHer.com, you can be watching this video along with Chris Paddock, Program Director for KUFO. All right, uh, Chris Paddock, watch that video. What's happening? Uh, he's now putting a push pin up to his lip that he he oh obviously God. had to. Oh, make. that's a good sound. Oh. <laughs> I I like how you sanitized it by <laughs> lighting a big lighter on the point to make sure that it was uh, clean. <laughs> Remember, you never catch the dragon, Richard. <laughs> Nice porn noises. Wow. Dude, this sounds like the soundtrack to an all-dude porn film. You missed him saying, here it comes. Oh. <laughs> Amazing he can speak that well with his uh, finger in his mouth. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> The worst thing I've ever heard. That was a full-on Peter North soundtrack there. <laughs> Jesus. All right. I didn't watch the screen, by the way. I don't even know what was going on okay, there. So I, let me ask you this, just without without uh, being uh, graphic. Sure. How bad would you say this was to watch? Uh, Scale of 1 to 10. I'm going to give it an 8. I mean, <laughs> I, I I was expecting worse. I've seen LemonParty.org. I've uh, I've seen the two girls, one cup. All right. But it was, is, I, I think, vile in every way. I would say the audio yeah. for this. Now, see, Sarah was taking off her headphones. I couldn't. I can't do it. I'm sorry. I got to tell you, though, if you didn't know what was going on, in other words, if you didn't know he was doing, I swear to you, home surgery on his face, 
this really sounds like a I whole... Heard a, I heard some grunting, and then I heard, oh, here it comes. I'm like, uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> it really sounded like full-on male uh, hustling. You know, I, I, mean... fainted, I fainted in high school to the Miracle of Life video. This was far this, worse. It, this really was sort of a, I'm just doing this one time to pay the rent, mister. <laughs> That's really what it sounded like. We're going to isolate that audio and do any number of things with that later. All right. Uh, how much would you say the audio contributed to the overall ick, Chris? Well, I... I heard very little of it, but... Um, oh, that's right. You didn't even have your headphones but, on. But oh. honestly, I could hear parts of it, and, and you that might hear... have heightened it up a little bit, like, here it comes. Or... Oh, no, there was a lot of yeah. grunting, and then yeah. the here it comes. It was, yeah, there's a good one coming. Ugh. It was a lot of, like, Little John sounding stuff. All right, um, it, so, all right, Richie, do you want to cue up the next one? So this is, I'll have to play some music. There's no sound for this There's thing, no yeah. sound for this one, but apparently right. visually this one's a lot more... Uh, is this one posted as well on I Barely Knew Her? No. Richie, where can when people see this one? When you're done with the first one. Oh, so you have to make it through the first one, and then it gives you this one? It's <laughs> oh, a special prize. All right, this so you go to... a three-minute video. You go to IBarelyKnewHer.com, uh, you watch the first one, and then you watch... Now, is this three minutes of, like, substance here, or can we skip right to, like, the... the... Squeeze it right off the bat. <laughs> <and> then... <laughs> Let's just watch the beginning, then we'll go to a break. Later on, we'll have the video rodeo where the guy watches the entire thing. Rick, All right. Rick, he says this one is silent but deadly. More juice than the other one. All right. All right, let's go ahead. Rolling it. <laughs> What, uh, this is like a silent film. Yes, just like Buster Keaton. Did it happen yet? What, what are you doing? It's an open flame. <laughs> okay, push pin again. Did you do this at our place of work? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was like, well, Waldo's from familiar. <laughs> no, no. Oh, dude. <laughs> All right. So wait. Now, what are you? Are you going back because you didn't get enough juice there? Is that what? All right. He's putting his finger back in his mouth again. So he's. Oh, dude. No. 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 Okay. I saw you turn away. You broke contact with the screen oh, just there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. All right. Yeah. All right, there you go. Great. All right, fantastic. So you made it. How how far into it did, he, did that uh, video did you make it? Minute. You made it one minute yeah. in. Yeah. Okay. And it's three minutes. Yeah. Oh. So that's okay. a good sort of that's a good test for uh, for what the other guy's gonna go There's through. More. Oh no! <laughs> Let's take a break. We'll be back into this. Chris Paddock, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Chris. All right. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Coming up in this hour, Jim Root. More from Tim Riley. Uh, another installment of Video Rodeo at the bottom of the hour, in which a DVD for Before the Devil Knows Your Dad is on the line. Uh, what else? Later on, we have uh, some outtakes from my production reel from 1991, and uh, more of your phone calls. Like us at three. The Michael Mara Show at seven. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Emerson Radio Program. On program. Uh, a couple things. A, Don is really a go-getter. He's already here waiting in the kitchen. Uh, so he'll be in in a short while to watch the Richie uh, Bristol video. One with audio, one without. Uh, two, 
Let's see, what was two going to be? It seems like I had a thing to say just now, and now it's gone. You know, my caffeine intake has been all over the map the last few days. I really got to be more uh, regimented about this. You little wonky? Yeah. Um, I, I will skip right ahead to C and say that now you saw this. Uh, this doesn't really work on the air unless I give you the website, so I might post the link later on. But my wife uh, went to Italy recently, and she brought back uh, this really weird calendar that is just, there's no other way to, way to put it, uh, hot Catholic priests. I mean, there's really no... There's really no other way to, to, to describe this. That's what it is, right? Yeah, they are all real priests, but it is this calendar that they sell in Italy, and it's uh, you know it's a 12-month calendar uh, with all these black and white shots of male priests, but they're all like young, you know, kind of hunky and it must be said kind of gay-looking priests. So a couple just, of them, yes, were very gay-looking. It's the weirdest thing. Some it, of them are really handsome, though. I mean, I can see why they made the ca- the cut for the calendar. But, I mean, doesn't it make you, doesn't it fill you, like, to look at that guy, doesn't it fill you with all kinds of conflicting emotions? He is the prettiest one. And But, I mean, it, it, it just even, you know, I'm a guy and it makes me feel all kinds of weird. So I might post a link to that later on. What the hell is it that I was going to say? Oh, oh, real briefly, and then we'll get to Jim Roop here in like 10 seconds. This is what I was going to mention. Um, we had talked about the Portland Tribune uh, week, week and a half ago, because they'd written a, a really nice article about us. Uh, Don Taylor had written a good piece about the show, which you can see. I think we got the link up at rickemerson.com. Uh, you ought to pick up today's Portland Tribune. It's on the stands until, I think, Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, our good friend Chris Sneathan from onthevig.com has a um, front-page article uh, all about those uh, PSU kids that got to busted for something and stuck in that Mexican jail for a while. And he uh, wrote a really, really good article where he talked about the time that he was mistakenly picked up uh, on suspicion of shooting a guy, and he was stuck in that jail that, what's his name, Joe Arpaio, or whatever that guy in Arizona uh, runs. So he, anyway, so the front page of today's Portland Tribune, there's a really, really great piece by Chris Neathan. So uh, do pick that up. More phone calls and uh, video rodeo here in a few. This is Jim Roop in Los Angeles. Hello, James Roop. How are you today? Hi, I'm fine, thank you. How's, uh, how's life? How are things? How was your weekend? Satisfying? Yeah, it was okay, you know. Do a lot of work around the house, backyard kind of crap, you know, getting ready for the summer. Excellent. Uh, let me just tell you this. This is a little interesting. You know, so we were talking to Steve Kastenbaum earlier today, who I think was in Pennsylvania but was headed back to New York, uh, and I guess was driving. And uh, there was this great thing going on where we, we talked to him, and I'm always really conscious of not going overtime because we've sort of gotten some flack from the CNN bookers before about <laughs> this sort of, you know, like booking people for 10 minutes, and then I have them on for an hour and a half talking about, uh, you know, uh, Britney Spears or whatever. Um, You'll never hear us complain. Well, it's funny. We were talking to Steve Kastenbaum, and and I sort of, I didn't want to, you know, want there to be any awkwardness, so I kept trying to sort of bring the curtain down on it. I kept saying things like, well, all right, Steve, travel safe, and okay, Steve, thanks for spending time with us today. You, You know, get back to New York safe. And every time we would do that, he would just throw out these random observations like, hey, I'm driving through Bitwater, Kansas right now. And it turns out that he was just having a three hour drive from. You know, from Pennsylvania or wherever, uh, back to New York, literally had nothing else to do, and was just sort of going to hang out with us for as long as we would have him. So it was, it was good to know that we were going to be his, uh, we were going to be like his in star, his in, his in car companion. Yeah, but yeah, I bet he didn't see a woman on a motorcycle. No, and that's exactly what I thought of. That's actually the reason I brought it up, is because. He really did at one point just seem to be throwing out random observations about everything. Look, there's some dust. You know, just whatever he saw. And it reminded me of that day that you called in and you saw that hot girl with her skirt blowing up on a motorcycle. I'll never forget that. No. And it was him. Well, the, you know, the low immortalized that. He put that on that on his CD. 
that section of your uh, of your call in that day. So it is, and it did remind me of just how much uh, these moments really do add to the program because one never quite knows uh, what one is going to hear. So, all right. Um, hey, what is this? There's something today about. Something in the, the Oregonian that I did was, uh, I guess, some 9 million small earthquakes or something that happened off the coast of Oregon or California or some damn place this weekend? Hey, there's earthquakes every day. And uh, unfortunately, they're not releasing the stress um, on the big fault like the San Andreas and all of that. In fact, there was just a news conference earlier today about a 99.7% chance in the next 30 years that California will suffer not the big one, but a big one, like the Northridge quake in 94. Um, Again, in the next 30 years. So all these little tiny earthquakes that happen aren't really doing anything to relieve that stress. And it's they they liken the whole situation to a woman who's 10 months pregnant. That it's going to go, and when it goes, it's going to be a mess. Jesus. Well, and they always put lots of scare headlines in here like this one. Um, let's see. Scientists listening to underwater microphones have detected an unusual swarm of earthquakes in central Oregon, something that often happens before a volcanic eruption. Except that, <laughs> But then they note, except there are no volcanoes in the area. Which, of course, they, they write just so I can sit up at night having some panic attack about whether there's a, like a magma deposit underneath my living room. Yeah, I was talking to these scientists today, and they said stuff like that happens. And, you know, it's like Britney Spears. you got another auto accident. They <laughs> happen every day, but they're so small, who cares? Seriously. That's, I, was, was, was I the only one whose heart jumped for joy a little bit when you read the headline about how she'd hit somebody with the car, she'd been in some sort of accident, and then you read it, and it was really disappointingly low-key? Yeah, I mean, the fender bender didn't even bend her fender. <laughs> Have you been practicing that line or delivering that line all day? For you, that just came out. Ah, all right. Was, I guess she was putting her makeup on, and she ran into the back of somebody who then pushed that car into another car, but no damage to anybody. I didn't even think she had a driver's license at this point. Well, apparently, yeah, she does. She got the license. Yeah. And when she got, uh, last year, when all that stuff came down about her not having a valid California driver's license, within a month, she had one. You know, the thing it is... I gave uh, her mine. I really, I really do. Uh, I really do regret the incursion of her father into her life because none of these, none of these really stable things would have happened, uh, uh, you know, if he was uh, not still around. So that's true. Hey, by the way, did you see this thing about the Marilyn Monroe? Well, hello. Yeah, I got you. I'm sorry. There was a little sound happening there. Did you um? The sex tape? Yeah, the thing, the thing about the Marilyn Monroe sex tape. I, I saw a little bit about it, but I've been dealing with this earthquake thing, Dude, so I don't know. It's the greatest, most frustrating story ever because this sex tape, which I guess even Joe DiMaggio knew about, uh, was one of those things. DiMaggio tried to buy it from the guy who I guess had it somehow in the 50s or the 60s for 25 grand. The guy wouldn't sell it. And I guess now it sort of fell into somebody else's hands, and some collector bought it for a million and a half, but he bought it just to keep it off the market. Uh, and apparently J. Edgar Hoover had a copy of it at some point. And things like this are sort of fascinating because, of course, it's the first that I think any of us ever heard about it. And it is fascinating to think that there was just a copy of Marilyn Monroe having sex, and it was just sitting in a file somewhere for like 45 years. Yeah, but well, what good is it? you got to string it through a projector, and who's got one? Well... Well, that's, that's why I'm saying it's, it does. I've got to put that on DVD or I'm not going to buy it. That's what I was saying. It, 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 the whole thing about living in this weird celebrity culture recently is that I just sort of immediately got my, my, like my zero to, to 60 mile an hour in half a second reaction was to 
be surprised and then angered that I wouldn't get to see it because living in like a post Brindy uh, Brittany and Lindsay Lohan world, I just automatically feel entitled to see any of them. You know, it's not going to wind up on YouTube or anything yeah, else. Celebrity sex tape. I demand to see it. It's my right. So, did you see this thing about uh, L.A. needing 113,000 new homes uh, like now? Uh, why? They got plenty of street space. Says here, planners say Los Angeles needs 113,000 new homes by 2014 to deal with the burgeoning population. Man, you had to ruin my day, didn't you? Says that 25% of the homes need to be affordable. The study shows that uh, really? <laughs> <laughs> the rest of them don't need to be affordable at all, apparently. The, the rest of them can be completely out of reach. Yes. So there you go. Just because you didn't have enough to worry about today, didn't have enough things to cover, I thought I'd throw that your way, sir. That's from a KFWB. So. Oh, they they would know. All right, my friend. Uh, as always, a a pleasure. Enjoy your day, and may the good news be yours. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. There you go, Jim Roop in Los Angeles. All right. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Am I wrong, Tim, or did when you come in, did you inadvertently begin playing Richie's horrible pus video? It started by itself and has a life of its own. <laughs> I was sitting here and it started again. It it's was sort of on the screen. It's sort of the maximum overdrive of YouTube videos. You just walk in the room and immediately. Ugh. Did you end up accidentally seeing any of it, Tim? No, I turned away. And, and, <laughs> yes. Turned away and scrabbled frantically at the keyboard like mm -hmm. some sort of a uh, like some sort of a, a mouse on a, on a thing, just trying to get it shut. All right, uh, so let us now uh, do this. Um, this is probably the best way to handle it. Uh, do you want to bring in the the video rodeo guy now? Sure. Okay, so why don't we do this? Uh, Richie, can you uh, bring Don into the studio? And Tim, we'll have Don, uh, if you don't mind, watch the video there. Then we can close it and get rid of it forever. Oops, the video is no longer on here. Oh, Richie will find it. Okay. He always does. All right. Uh, so we're going to bring in Don for Video Rodeo. At Stake is a copy of Before the Devil Knows You're Dead uh, on DVD, uh, starring uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Marissa Tomei, who apparently is hot as balls in this uh, and uh, so she forth. Seems like, she seems like the kind of girl that would like to skank it up on in a movie, doesn't she? Yes, she does. She just seems dirty. She really does. And, you know, just, just is, is really still very, very attractive, even as of now. I know that Mr. Skin was going on and on and on about that. That video. Um, all right, it's 503-733-2970. Hello, Don, how are you? I am in awe of being in this place. Oh, it's very that's, exciting with our pieces of paper bacon everywhere and the really, Obama shirt. That's really sad, and Don. And may I say something, that Sarah is more beautiful in person than any Aww. picture. What about Richie? Oh, is Richie just you. as beautiful as you imagined? If, if this video is anything worse than his face already looks, we're in trouble. That's uh, a bad... Okay, hold on. I'm looking at Don now. What do you think? Chris Neathan's older brother. Yes. Totally. Is that good or bad? No, it's our friend Chris Neathan. He's a uh, he's it's a journalist, good. blogger, etc. But you, uh, yeah, you guys are like, it's like a separated birth thing. All right. So, all right, Richie, have you got the uh, videos ready? Mm -hmm. All right. So here's the deal. Uh, this one has audio. It's clean, but it has audio. So the deal is, and can you, Richie, can you get the microphone a little closer to Don there? Okay, you got to make it through this video, and I would say to the one-minute mark okay. of the second video, all without turning away, averting your gaze, whatever. If you're able to do it, uh, you got to copy Before the Devil Knows You're Dead on DVD. Okay. Somebody suggested, by the way, that we up the ante by making whoever it is eat tapioca while watching the video. That's not going to happen. But but I do, but well but well thought, sir. Well, uh, good. <laughs> way to go on the groundbreaking. All right, Richie. Let me get the uh, music ready. Am I gonna sit down here? All right, Richie, oh, go ahead. We're watching the silent one. This is none. This is the first. This is the one with audio. So, Richie, play video number one for Don. You can see this by the way at ibarelyknewher.com. 
That's kind of the way his face looks now. All right. Now I got my pushpin. <laughs> oh, no. Like oh, God. <laughs> a lighter and a pushpin. Hook it in. Oh, you had to be brave. Oh, my God. Right here. Wow. You know, you have to wonder about mindset and what he was thinking. It Light. <laughs> yeah, <need> more light. <laughs> so you can see it better. <laughs> That's what you want to do. See, see always thinking of the show, Richard. He really is. Wow. Yeah. Look at that thing. You know, they do make things called doctors and hospitals. Oh, my God. Oh, the finger in the mouth is a great touch. You can't look away, Don. I'm not looking away. Yeah, get that big round thing pointed out more. Sorry, no. So you have a bigger target. <laughs> oh, Let's not describe what's happening. Oh my god. <laughs> it's just something a guy thing. It, oh, look at that thing. That is brutal. You know that <laughs> that looks like it'd be so painful just doing what you're doing. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. oh I like it. <laughs> Oh, oh, God, that's, oh. Now, that's evil. Bodily fluids, don't you love them? <laughs> yeah, oh. And about right now, he's saying, yeah, this is not a good idea. <laughs> All right, it just sounds so awful. All right, are you ready with the next one? Oh, that was, oh. All right, uh, so, Sarah, will you keep an eye on the clock? Yes. Uh, all right, the deal is, and you can bring up my computer over here. Okay, here's this up. All right, so Don, you got to make it to the one minute mark of this next video. This next one has no audio, so you must make it to the one minute mark. Oh, I, I have my timer. The audio made the other one worse. All right, audio. Richie, begin. All right. All right, you start. There we go. Don is now watching. He looks like he's really out of it there. While well, watching uh, the second video. God. Twelve seconds. See them both at IBarelyKnewHer.com. <laughs> Oh, the lighter's a good touch. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, show the pin to the camera. Yeah, sterilize with that lighter. That gets the hanky out. You wouldn't want anything spreading. Okay. <laughs> oh, God, that looks like it hurts so bad. Oh. You know, you got to be desperate to do this. What, uh, where's the... 45 seconds. Fifteen more. Oh, this isn't that bad. Really? Excellent. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh no, I can watch the whole thing. This isn't that bad. <laughs> I could watch this all day. I could. <laughs> you know, the one with the sound was worse. Well, the sound where he was making it was like pain slash like one minute grunty man of passion noises. Well, no, the 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 grunt he was making was kind of kind of easing. The, oh God, that's ooh, wow. There you go. Okay, are we are we at the one minute mark? Yes, we're right, after Congratulations. A well oh, yeah, done, Don. All right, fantastic. There you go. Good job. All right, so Don, you've <laughs> won a copy of Before the Devil Knows You're Dead on DVD starring Philip Seymour Hoffman and Marissa Tomei. Oh, my God. You can, oh, no. <laughs> you can really quit watching now. <laughs> oh, just get good. Oh, All right, there you go. Don, thank you. Congratulations. You're a stronger man than I am. I caught about four seconds of it, and I felt like I had to sterilize my eyes after. <laughs> oh, no, the two girls in the cup were much worse. <laughs> All right, there you go. It's uh, just, 
a human being doing this to themselves is just what the amazing I do Poor Richie, you must have been in so much pain then. I do appreciate the fact, though, that, you know, that really you did take the time and effort to set up the appropriate lighting and to sterilize the thumbtack beforehand. All Sterilizing right. the thumbtack was good. Take a break here. We'll come back after this. Tim Riley, uh, more of your calls and uh, some submissions uh, from the audience uh, for the voice of the news bot. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. Okay. Oh, there you go. All right. Hey, uh, can you do me a favor, Richie? Look in the uh, in the the uh, the V drive in the RES folder. Uh, look for a file. Let's see what the hell is it called. Look for the file called Computer Voice uh, Summary. Computer Voice Summary. And will you do me a favor? Uh, about forty seconds into that. Uh, there's a line. There's a line about Kelly Lee Cook, that American Idol girl, uh, that uh, that we probably uh, that we should probably uh, uh, remove. It's funny, but we probably no. That one's already gone. But yeah, if you open, would you open up that file because the guy resent it to me without the. Uh, this is the listener. I, I just people know what we're talking about. The listeners created something. This listener created something that was really funny. Uh, but it was with the, the, the sort of computer voice thing. I barely knew her voice. And the first time he sent it to me, it was really great, but it had this it had the S word about halfway through. And uh-huh. I emailed back, and I'm like, hey, really funny. Try not to send me things with the S word. So he sent it back, but there is a line about 30 seconds in about that American Idol girl, the Kelly Lee Cook girl, that's funny, but that we should probably not air. So if you can cut that out of there, Richie, and then resave the file, we'll play it here in just a second as soon as, uh, as, soon as we do uh, some news and some whatnot and some hey, hey. So if you can do that, then let me know when it's done. That'd be fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, your personal savior. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. A 13-year-old Blaine Washington boy is claiming the world record for blowing balloons with his nose. Is this really today's news? (laughs) (laughs) Using one nostril at a time, Andrew Dahl inflated 213 balloons within an hour in the town's public library. His feat has been submitted for review by the Guinness Book of World Records. His dad, Doug Dahl, measured the balloons to make sure they were at least eight inches, the minimum diameter, and his mother, Wendy, <laughs> kept the tally. It is his second try. In February, he sent a videotape of himself inflating 184 balloons, only to learn it didn't count because he handed them to his dad to tie. This time he knew better. Here's a watch. Jesus. Okay, but I was just going to say for a second... Isn't there like a war going on in an election and everything? Yeah, there's and no one there is, to cover it. This is All the, these people are laid <laughs> off, so the people at the top can get 29% raises. <laughs> people at the top of what, Tim? Uh, the ladder of the uh, corporate uh, structure. Here's your taser watch for Monday on the Rick Emerson Show. You got me running, going out of my I can't do it, bro. Don't change me, bro. The first one is uh, from New York, Porchester. Police used a taser to subdue two people at a wedding reception after a ruckus erupted over the band. The bride and groom of the couple's daughter were arrested. 
after police tasted the groom and the daughter. <laughs> uh, Lieutenant Landura says department guidelines allow officers to use a stun gun when they can't otherwise get control of a suspect. The 21-year-old daughter said she and her father were left with bruises. Both were arrested on misdemeanor charges while the bride faces a felony crime of criminal mischief. The daughter said the couple was legally married 22 years ago but had a long-delayed church wedding. Excellent. A taser was used for the first time by police in Ireland during an arrest in Limerick City. The weapon was deployed by the emergency response unit as officers arrested a 46-year-old man. A pistol and ammunition were later found. The arrest was in conjunction with a continued criminal feud in the city, which has claimed 10 lives. While tasers are available uh, to most people, they haven't been used. The so-called stun guns, which hit their target with 50,000 volts, were already used by police in other parts of the U.K. A taser was deployed during the course of an arrest, and an automatic pistol and two magazines were recovered. They live in Limerick City? Limerick City. Mm -hmm. There once was an Irish city. No, that's going to end badly. <laughs> yeah. All right, never mind. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't think of any other way to start it. There once was a... No, see, everything is going to end with profanity. Never mind. There's your double taser watch. Yes? <laughs> is there no is that the end of the news? <laughs> I believe so for now, yes. All right. Uh, well, let me ask Richie. Uh, Richie, sh should that, are we, have we edited the uh, the computer voice, or do we need to uh, take a break and play it on the other side? All right. Well, let's take a break here. Okay. Uh, oh, really? Is it done? It's done. Who wants to hear it? I do. Oh, we all do. Tim? Yes. <laughs> all right. I can't wait. Just, well, hopefully we'll find this at least moderately amusing. So if on, I think it was Thursday, I was floating this idea, which really is quite genius, of having the, uh, you know, the news bot 75,000 or whatever. Uh, and so the result of that, and we still got to figure out exactly what voice to use, uh, because there, everybody immediately started suggesting different computer voices uh, that we could use for the news bot. And some people are thinking, well, you ought to do the, the classic robot style or one that sounds vaguely human. Although I think one that kind of tried to sound human might actually just end up being unsettling. I think it might actually just be creepy if you had, like, a robot voice that sort of sounded like a person, because then it just might sound like somebody who'd had a stroke or something. So um, everybody it, it has sent and continued to send us suggestions for what kind of voice ought to read the news here in the mornings. But in the meantime, we had a guy send us this, and let's see, you'll sort of get the idea. I, I think he's basically isolated all of the various components of the show. And this is one of those things that becomes progressively funnier, uh, sort of as you listen to it. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's see if I can get this to, uh, where's my uh, volume? All right, see if I can get this to play. Rick Emerson, Sarah X. Dillon, Tim Riley, greatest newsman in the universe, Rashid Bristol, Timmy Ryan, Lisa Desjardins, Jim Roop, Bob Costantini, Can You See My Nipples? I Regret Nothing, In Your Face, I Barely Knew Her, don't miss Emerson, listener party 11, the roast. Hot as falls. Best show ever. We spent it on words. Good evening and thank you for tuning in to CBS Nightly News with your favorite news box 3000. In the news tonight, Christy Lee Cook is a...
Sam Red State America's ritual. Don't death with a new spot. All humans are ermine in the eyes of Morvo. Fight my shiny metal ass. Ryan the Peaky Gross. Suck on that. Let's get Richie in here. Can you sweeten my mic a little, Sarah? <laughs> Here's Tim Riley. I really am retarded. This call isn't going as well as you thought it would. Let's give you a minute to consider whether you want to go forward with this topic. Does anyone else smell that? That really wasn't as funny as I thought it would be. Suck it. From the Ministry of Truth, here's Tim Riley. Keep your hands off your meat. Suck on that. Tim Riley, greatest newsman in the universe. Here's your top five. We really do need to take a break. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that sucks. The length of this call is inversely proportionate to my interest in it. Hello, it's the Rick Emerson program. Welcome to day 12. We are live from the plushly appointed but not overly ostentatious studios of AM970. Solid State Radio. It is the Rick Emerson Channel Cave of Whimsy. It's 503-733-2970. For your comments, questions, pitches, your two cents, your whatnot, what have you, and the hey hey. <laughs> it's what I do. Timmy Ryan, you cuss. Separate the stuff from the stuff. Ryan is a glorious bastard. I'm a cowboy on a steel horse I ride. I'm wanted, wanted, dead or alive. Sons of bitches. It will all be better when Richie gets here. That stink. How is it possible that Courtney Love looks worse than Kurt Cobain? You are fat and have no charisma. Watch your back, Danny Hello. Geek like me? Don't tell me what to do. From Los Angeles. It's Jim Roop. From Capitol Hill, it's Lisa Desardin. From New York City, it's Bob, Costin, Teeny. All right, now, some of those don't even make any sense. <laughs> it, it, it sounds like the, the first part, Rashid Bristol. <laughs> That's what I heard. I heard Rashid Bristol. But did you hear the one where it's just going dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-d
Uh, does it feel weird to talk about yourself in the third person? It like does. That? And plus, it says Rick Emerson like eight times. Like, I didn't really want it to be. I didn't really design it that way, but it's like the Rick Emerson Lister Party. Emerson's 11. Rick Emerson, Emerson Roast. Emerson, Emerson. Totally. Um, featuring Roastmaster Carl Click from K2. Uh, this week, we will begin unveiling the names of roasters. Uh, so roasters. Do we have all the ones that we discussed? Are they all confirmed? Yes. Everybody is confirmed except for that person. Okay. Who still, quote, doesn't want to be mean to me. Oh, that's B. Don't look at me. All right, I shall call that person after the show today. That was I, you know, and I and sort of spoke to You need to be smacked around a little. I, Rick Emerson knows that. Um, I, <laughs> oh, please don't start the George Costanza thing. No, that was a little, that was a thing instead of thing. But I'd emailed that person and I had said, hey, just so you know, uh, next listener party's coming up. We're doing a roast. Uh, I'm going to be sort of the, the one being roasted. We'd love to have you be a part of it. I got an email back. And the email basically said, uh, you know, I love being mean to people, but I don't really think that I could bring myself to be mean to you. And I emailed back, and I'm like, come on. Like, I mean, I don't care. Everybody goes through, I mean, you go to a roast, you know what you're getting. Everybody, you know, everybody sort of knows the deal. And they were just like, I don't know. I just don't know that, uh, I don't know that I could be mean to you. So that's, so if you want to talk to that person. Yes. Uh, and and uh, sort of encourage them. But mm-hmm. everybody else is confirmed. No, if I'm going to do it, that person is going to do it. Absolutely. Good. See, there you go. They use that. I would use that as leverage, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tomorrow we will begin announcing the names of roasters at Rick Emerson Listener Party 2008, uh, Emerson's 11, happening Thursday, May 15th. To answer a couple questions, uh, no tickets required. You don't have to buy anything. There's no, no cover. Uh, you should be 21. So bring your ID. Pencil in the date. Save it now. Uh, and, and cash. Bring cash because the bar stacks up pretty quickly. Yes. and. Everyone's trying to run their debit cards, and everyone will hate you. Duly noted. Bring cash. Especially because we have spoken to the Crystal. They really know that there's going to be a lot of uh, drinking folk there, uh, so they're going to be ready for that. So. Oh, I'm nervous and excited, but yeah. mostly excited, but a little nervous. I think it's going to be pretty great. very excited. Uh, okay, we have time It's to been do, forever. Uh, it, it's been over a year, actually, because... Uh, April. I guess that's what we talked April, about. Right? Yeah, so this one's happening. The last few have been in April. This one's going to be May. So it's going to be, uh, I don't know, over a year since the last one. What day is it, Rick Emerson? Thurs- Where, when? Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m., Sarah Dillon at the Crystal Ballroom. Uh, so, yeah, so beginning tomorrow, uh, we will start announcing some of the roasters. And uh, don't forget, all this week we are taking artwork suge- uh, suggestions and submissions. Uh, if we end up using your logo or artwork, uh, you will win a whole pile of crap uh, from the AM970 uh, stack of prizes. So that's uh, Rick at RickEmerson.com. The name is Emerson's 11, happening Thursday, uh, May 15th. Let's get a couple calls here to uh, end the program. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi, Rick. How you doing? What's up, brother? Uh, not a whole lot. I just wanted to let you know, if you're hungry for more uh, goiter lancing, you should go to PopThatZit.com. Pop that zit or zits? Zit, zit. Like it would be Z-I-T, yes. There's a lot mm. of uh, animal bites and, uh, and cysts that will be ruptured for your pleasure. Rupturing cysts. Yes. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. How long do we have here? Like a minute and a half. All right. So this might be the last call of the day because by the time we, all right, hi, you're on, by the time we get through with this one and then undoubtedly cringe at whatever this person's going to say. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. There's a better than average chance you will be the final call of the day. Let's all get together and try not to suck. I am caller 100. Yes. Don, Don's wrong. I'm going to call back. Hey, were you at uh, Storm Show Friday? I wasn't actually. I was busy. I was actually uh, per- at your show. I was at my show, sir. I was, oh, at, was performing at the Portland Cello Project. Uh, yeah, Storm and Cleveland played at Dante's on Friday. Yeah. Did uh, being friends of her and everything, did you know the news that she dropped at the show? No. She uh, sounds like she's with child. <gasps> no. Yeah, well, you might want to check since you're not friends of hers. 
That was kind of the. That's uh, no, that's, you're, you're messing you're with You're lying us. with no, us, screwing no, with no, us. No, 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 no. Okay, the, why do you tell me? Uh, why does this happen at the end of the show? I know. I come talk, on. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> damn it! I've been busy all day, and I wanted to email you over the weekend, and I wanted to call this. This first chance I had. So. All right. Well, I guess we'll have to find out tomorrow. Well, I guess this isn't inadvertent guarantees. There you go. All right. Thank you, my friend. What's your name? Roger. All right, Roger. Thanks so much, my friend. All right. Take care. Thank you. There you go. Well, that was a good last call. Jesus, because now we have to find out tomorrow. That's not true. It can't be true. I would like to think that she would, you know. And she's not answering. Share that with us first. Um, hi. Are you talking to Storm? Damn it. No, she has a message that says, uh, hello, and then it goes to page this person. Press one. You tell her that we, uh, tell her we have a little something to speak uh, yeah. to her about. All right. Uh, Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970, Solid State Radio in the newsroom. Jim Riley on the phones. The infected Richie Bristol, who will eat your brains when you're not looking. Gatekeepers Dave's in. The webmistress is Bridget from upstairs. Director of engineering Brian Jones. And, of course, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru Susan Don't F With Me Reynolds. Uh, we want to thank Jim Roop and Steve Kastenbaum. Uh, join us tomorrow at 10 a.m. for the recap, 11 a.m. for the show. Don't forget, like us next. The Michael Mara Show makes its premiere tonight at 7 p.m. As always, thank you for listening. Don't let the bastards grind it down. I'm huge. Bye.